What's up, ladies and gents? Welcome to Basement Side Chats. My name is Deeg. I'm here coming at you from the uh, the Goldshire Inn. Uh, or at least it should be if this is all working correctly on the stream. Um, with my friend, Cargos. Hi, Cargos. How you doing? Hey, I'm doing really good, man. Thanks for, uh, thanks for having me. Excited to have, have a fun time, like you said, just chatting, talking wow. Yeah, going to be fun, man. Um, why don't you take a second to introduce yourself to those who might not be familiar with who you are and what you do? Sounds good. My name is Cargos. I've um, been playing wow pretty much my whole life man since i was 14 or something you know i'm, I'm 29 now so you came out in 2004 i'm proud of myself i've never said that i quit wow you know you always had times and friends where they'd be like yo i'm quitting wow i actually i always like had the foresight to know that i'm too much of a degenerate that degenerate to ever fully kick the bug so i always would you know take hiatuses from wow and come back and i've just yeah. kind of played on and off throughout all the years every expansion even bfa um but my main love when it comes to World of Warcraft is Vanilla WoW. And that's not to say that it's the expansion that I had necessarily the most fun in, you know, just because there were later expansions like even TBC and Lich King where I was playing at a higher level and playing with my real life friends, but mm -hmm. there's just something so special about Vanilla WoW. And I kind of really appreciated Vanilla WoW so much more come like the Nostalrius era when it started to come back around Worlds of Draenor and I like, kind of to get a fresh look um, with much more, you know, developed faculties going back into Vanilla WoW, looking at it and just, getting to appreciate how much love went into the, to the world. But anyway, I right. have a YouTube channel, uh, tw Twitch stream. I've made some guides in the past, but you know, I'm just, just love. Wow, man. Love the community. And uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. Word, man. I think more than almost any other game, World of Warcraft is a, is a game that people really kind of live in and identify with over the years. And uh, it seems like you're really like, you are one of the, the most, the sense that I get when, when I look at your content, like you're, you're doing this awesome hardcore run stuff. Now you've done lots of instructional videos in the past. You have Good Morning Azeroth, your podcast um, that you do with Melderon, Def Camp, and Dunedain and those guys. Um, all great stuff. But what, what, what bleeds through for me that's so, so clear is you love this world. Hmm. Um, and it sounds like that love started for you at a young age and it's been through you your, into your adult life. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's true, man. Uh, and it's, you know, the thing that I used to be embarrassed about too, for a moment, cause you always want to you know, play at a high level, have a chip on your shoulder, be respected, get the admiration of all your peers, all this. But, you know, the thing that I've come to just appreciate and embrace now is I always really like the leveling process in this game for whatever reason, there'd be expansions where I'd, it would come out and then I would just level the cap and not really play that much after, mm -hmm. you know? And I just, I just, you know, the, the, the beautiful purple XP that you get going out in the world, playing with the music and the ambience on, for me, it's almost very therapeutic, um, and it's something that I just like to do and chill, level, do stuff like that. So that that's like the main value add this game has added to me in my life. You know, just the world and the leveling process, and it's always been what I've been drawn most to. Sure. So you talk about like wanting to have those those kinds of uh, almost like um, like social badges of being like I'm a raider, I'm a high end dude. Like I I really push the barriers, but you've come back to recognize just how important and how meaningful the, the experience of and and leveling in at least in wow vanilla and wow classic is a much different affair than leveling in in wow retail and even most modern mmo games that have leveling processes where it feels like the game is in a hurry to get you to the end game so you can do the content you're supposed to be doing mm -hmm. you've 
taken a step back from that and said, no, I'm not going to worry about grinding. A are, are you even raiding at all in Classic right now? No, not anymore. I mean, um, I assume you probably played a bunch of the different iterations of the expansion. It's the type of thing that you initially have that chip on your shoulder. You want to prove yourself, show that you're a good player and all this. Right. But once you've been through that life cycle a couple of times and you've done, you've raided and you've tried hard PVP in a couple of times and you've been through that whole, you know, cycle of um, chasing the carrot on a stick after, you know, you find yourself after you raid for months and months with all, all this purple gear, but you're not really doing anything much with it. You know, you're, you're, you're getting all of it, but what is that really translating um, to you? And I don't know. I, I don't know if you have these moments too, but I, I um, think there's a lot of parallels in WoW like how you act in WoW and what you're doing in WoW and lessons to be learned from WoW that kind of translate into real life mm. sometimes too, you know, because I do also feel like in real life, I've come back to the simple things in real life. Like I appreciate, I just really try to appreciate each day just being alive, you know, being able to have a nice meal and a, and a soda and, and just appreciating the simple things. And I almost feel like that translates a little bit in the game, you know, with what I'm doing, you know, I, I, when you're a little kid, you know, you think you're going to be a big mover and shaker of the world, Rockefeller, Rockefeller Vanderbilt, drive a Lambo, you know, tons of beautiful women around you all that some people are still pursuing that but i don't know man maybe yeah. it's just settling or what i'm married now i'm happy now i don't just yeah i respect it i really like what you said about finding lessons in wow that that can also be lessons to you outside of wow in life um i feel like i really relate to that too it you described um how you realized that how you kind of brought it back to what was actually important to you, the leveling experience. I'm definitely going to get to that in a sec. But before I do, I, I want to reflect on my own experience coming back to Classic too, just for a moment. It will help you get to know mm -hmm. me a little bit better too. For sure. No, I'd love to. I'd love to hear it, man. Sure. So I, I was actually in college when WoW was in beta. So um, when WoW came out for me, it was about um, playing with a bunch of my, my friends who played shooter games at the time um, on PC. And... I did the only thing I knew how to do was just hit it hard. I went into raiding. I actually led a raiding guild through Molten Core and Blackwing Lair that I'm sure took years off of my life. <laughs> <laughs> and and, uh, um, and then I, I kept going. I would play the game for a few months, get burned out, and then come back after a few months. Like what you say about taking a hiatus. Because for me, the day in, day out of rating never really lasted but i always had the draw to come back to be in the world and especially when an expansion came out so i came back for burning crusade i came back for wrath and then uh around around the time old came out my life kind of moved different in different direction and I, I was able to leave it behind and that's the last time i played retail um but then when classic was announced i was like oh hell yeah like i gotta do this um one of the things that i was really curious about after it it came out um this 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 fascinating like you think you do but you don't kind of kind of narrative that's being was tossed around by the community and um at the time i speculated about what not not just how classic would be received by both people who have been hiding away in private servers to get their fix and also people who have been you know admiring wow from afar to be like it's not really my game anymore it's kind of the way i felt um and or any other many thousands of, of ways you may have felt about the direction the game had gone um and feeling like for me wondering is this not only what does this mean for wow but what does this mean for the greater world of, of video games and is there a, a recognition of something of the core values from wow from wow vanilla that w the people are going to start, start picking up again and realizing that i've been thinking that i had been thinking about for years to be like oh man why don't games do this anymore um 
And there are a bunch of tangents I can go down, but I wonder if before, so, so, so I, I jumped in and played WoW Classic for two months when it released. I quit like mm -hmm. the weekend the PVP system came out, which for me was perfect. It was just enough time for me to hit 60 with a friend, the, the, the duo leveling experience. Awesome, oh, you amazing. do a level to 60? That's awesome. Oh yeah. I mean, we weren't yeah. like complimentary, like I was a warrior and he was a mage, but yeah. we made it work. Um, you still do some fun stuff. He can poly you back to fall and stuff. Yeah. 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 It's, it's funny too. Cause he was always getting me into trouble. We were, we were, we were, uh, hitting the badlands. We, we were playing Alliance, which is not, not my preference, but you know, whatever. Uh, and, uh, there was a, a troll hunter that was kiting that, 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 um, that Drake from the Eastern side of the zone over towards the yeah, town. Terramis, yeah. yeah. To try to get the, the guards. Yeah. Uh, Tamaris, that was his name is. Yeah. Yeah. Tamaris. Yeah. And, uh, my, uh, my mage friend with, with a twinkle in his eye, uh, looks at it and can only think of one thing to do. And of course he's got to screw with the guy. And so he just blinks, he, he, he runs up to him, frost moves him, blinks away. And, uh, that's the end of the troll. And <laughs> that's I don't great, know, man. I'm, I'm a little bit more of like a good guy when those interactions, I feel like I don't, I don't like to just cause people misery, but, um, yeah. We had a lot of interactions like that. You know, the, the the humanity in you, whatever that looks like, comes out. It does. It really does. It really does, man. And actually, just to chime, on, chime in on that, yeah. this is like, um, so it, it's kind of how I am in real life, too. So, you know, I, I find great relief in what we're doing right now with Hardcore. I feel like we basically unsubscribe from the rat race to a certain extent. You're not, you're no longer yeah. caring about how strong your parses are, how good your gear is. If you can, you know, 1v1, X, Y, or Z, if you can hold around on the open world, you kind of just... Um, unsubscribe from all of it and even in real life a fixation on money wealth success clout all that has kind of gone away a bit for me but mm. I, I, I would be lying to say that it's still not within me though like you know i still have that you know and but the thing is if i'm going to try to you know compete and like and try to be the very best or whatever you have to go on this like super savage wavelength you know and i remember back when the game first came out i thought i was going to be rank 14 i was going to be the best that i could be yeah and i came in and it was like so savage like our server turned into like the hood that's what i was calling it it was it was going around scarum i'm out there multi-boxing with a mage right next to me i'm slsl or i'm sl warlock black rock mountain just out there just trying to just ruin kids days as much as possible to try to like be as strong as possible and do all that mm -hmm. and i wasn't having that much fun at mm -hmm. the time and I'm, I'm always looking over my shoulder because i'm streaming and i'm always scared somebody's gonna try to gank me or team up on me with a couple people so i'm doing everything i can i'm always rolling deep i'm always rolling around you know yeah. four or five you know people multi-boxing had the mage following behind me and i just <laughs> compare how much fun i'm having with the game right now versus how it was back then on my yeah. warlock on on scarum and i'm just having way more fun now it just feels way more wholesome we have a community have friends um, and it feels like we're kind of doing a good thing, you know, bringing people together as opposed to trying to be on that wavelength. So for me, I'm kind of an extremist. I'm sure some people can relate. You're either kind of on or off. You're, you're either here or there. Um, I wish it's one thing I struggle in my life a lot, just trying to find a way to balance, you know, both sides of the force. But sure, sure. I don't know, man. I'm happy with what, how things are going right now. I love it. Um, no, I think like, and this is just a, like a personal life lesson for me too, that I'm, I'm uh, relating, I think which is like, there's this vision that, that, that I had when, as I was growing up about what a successful person looks like, you know, it's patterned on adults you respect, people you see in the media, your parents, whatever, older siblings, if you got them. Um, and then, but you have to forge your own path once you get there. And um, it sounds, it sounds like you did a good job of recognizing that the, what was, ex what was accepted by 
the society around you of WoW players was not really for you. And it's a very brave thing to take a step out of that zeitgeist and be like, I'm going to do my own thing. And it's even braver to be like, I'm going to share it with the world. And it's even braver to be like, I'm going to try to to lead a community for that. I salute you, dude. I, I like you popped up on my radar a while ago for Good Morning Azeroth and all the other great content you did. I, of course, dove into your warrior stuff because I was leveling my warrior up. Um, but seeing you do the the classic stuff really hits me right in the heart in a good way. And not just not just for the amount of effort you're doing, but I just I have such respect for community made games and community made modes and games. Mm-hmm. You want to talk for a minute about what what goes into a hardcore run, just for folks maybe aren't familiar with it? Like what yeah, is it? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I mean, just going back to the genesis of all of it, it started off very you know, short-sighted. I I didn't have some big plan or vision for this. It it actually was a late night and I was bored and I wanted to stream and I was thinking, man, what am I going to stream right now? Maybe I should try and do some special stream content, right? Because, you know, I think people appreciate that. They're watching a stream. It feels like they're, you know, the the content is for them and like they're, you're putting the viewer first. So I was like, you know what? Let me try this Iron Man challenge. Always heard about this Iron Man challenge, but I never researched it and tried to find out all every single rule. So I just rolled with one life thinking that that was Iron Man. It's like, all right, Mm-hmm. just do this and then we started to get popular and i started i pretty much almost immediately realized once we were doing the iron man wow this changes everything how come like i, I just kept thinking to myself why are people people are people are sleeping on this this is changing way more than i thought it was going to change i thought it was just going to be a simple play the game normally but you have one life if you're truly trying to play with one life every action every talent point every ability every spell every decision every item you know everything is viewed in a different light of mortality pretty much and i find first of all another thing too that hit me right away was like man this is really immersive when you have one life and you're playing an mmo usually like the consequences of dying is you just respawn in two seconds Mm -hmm. um and and that also leads to just kind of exploiting the world and stuff like just death skipping around and doing all this kinds of crazy shenanigans um you know interacting with the world with one life it puts the fear back in your belly back you know respecting the open world like you mm-hmm. care about the mobs again you care about their power level again and you really have to kind of apply yourself and play with a certain level of finesse and respect or else you're just going to die and throw it all away and all your slash plate is gone so it was kind of this thing that just unfolded organically in front of my eyes and then the iron man people came in and they're like right, yo you can't be calling it iron man iron man's been around forever um <laughs> iron man can only use white items you cannot use any talents no potions that's iron man what you're doing is not iron man oh my god and I, so i was like okay 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 i mean they came at me pretty respectfully but they came at me pretty strongly and i was like all right no all right. talents so, only white gear no and, I, I'm, I, and I, so i, I talked back to them i'm like well playing with no talents doesn't even make sense man like in a classic environment like because i feel like part of the appeal of this challenge is it has to be kind of fun to watch fun to fun to play mm-hmm. and in order for it to be fun to fi- watch fun to play it kind of just has to feel like you're playing the game but playing the game well if you're yeah. playing with no talents you're playing a different game like that, that, that you just That's to me that was so bizarre um so actually it was yeah. originally i the, the the person who like invented iron man and runs this challenge site hit me up and was saying and he was actually respectful about it he was saying look man we've been around for a long time you know, i highly recommend that you just call it a different game mode because um, you know, we, we have big plans for Iron Man. This is still very much something that we're doing. And I was mm-hmm. like, okay, yo, 100%, man. I understand. So um, we came up with Hardcore. Mm-hmm. And that was pretty much just taking a page out of Diablo because Diablo has Hardcore. Sure. You know, they've, they've had it forever, right? So, um, and also me personally, I love the way Diablo looks. The art art style of Diablo, it's so dark and edgy and gritty and just like 
grimy and real and there's like there's no cutesy cutesy this cutesy cutesy that like everybody's it's just mm-hmm. like a dead ass serious world like witcher kind of right so mm-hmm. everything about diablo was awesome and i kept and i started thinking thinking about man i wish wow was i always wish wow was a little bit darker and less um you know wow is a sense of humor which i do appreciate i mean it, that that's part of it like there's no denying it there's the the, the gnomes and the, sen- the self-deprecating aspect that's always going to be part of warcraft but yeah anyway we, we started to go down this this rabbit hole of exploring a new game mode we're all, we're um the world was our oyster and we could define any rule set. So I'm streaming and the chat has all these great ideas. I originally, when I was doing hardcore, was playing with auction house because I love the auction house. I love being able to twink out my characters, buy nice swords, blue swords, go out there, slap things. And they're like, the auction house, it's it's taken a huge portion of the game out. You got to play with no auction house. And I was resistant to that at first. But then the next huge piece of hardcore fell into place, which is the solo self-found gear rule. Because oh. this is what we always say. The one life brings them in. The solo self-found keeps him, right? So mm-hmm. the one life is like, ooh, being mortal in an MMO? All right, bet. Like, that sounds really great. But the solo self-found, once the people are in the community and playing, you ask them, what percentage of the experience is solo self-found? Most people are like 80%. That, that's the majority of the reason to play hardcore for them. because And solo self-found, if anybody doesn't know what that is, that means you can only use gear, items, anything that you've either crafted yourself or found yourself out in the open world. Because mm-hmm. the second you open up player trading, the second you op- open up auction house, you're leg- you're basically just deleting out like 50% of the content in the world. Because mm-hmm. then you're just inner entrepreneur and inner human who's trying to work smart, not hard, just tries to player trade everything. Mm-hmm. And you just, every, there's so many things that become inefficient, unviable, and you just, you don't, you disregard it fully. But as we've gone along and played with solo self-found, we've, a lot of people start to say it almost feels like the world was meant to be experienced in this way mm-hmm. um like there's the little things they put on the ground like a sweet barrel uh, you know a barrel of sweet nectar on the ground over here or a vendor who sells a green item over here mm-hmm. or the idea that you can fish up leathers you can fish up engineering items and 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 parts of engine of, of deep engineering crafts you can fish up rocket fuel you can fish up mithril tubes all this stuff it's crazy. And it, it's almost just unfolded so perfectly and naturally. It, it, it's one of those few times I've been an entrepreneur my whole life, you know, 90% of uh, ideas never really amount to anything and they just kind of fall mm-hmm. flat. But this is just one of those beautiful few times that everything about it just makes sense. Even the marketing of it, you know, just in the sense of everybody's kind of required to stream and record primarily for accountability, right? So it's yeah. almost like you have a, CC, a CCTV, uh, CCTV camera watching every character. Mm-hmm. But secondarily, um, because you're required to stream and record, you get all this juicy content, death yes, clips, highlights, and everybody's streaming. So more people are just learning about the community extremely rapidly. It's snowballs. It's actually more than a snowball. It's like an avalanche, yeah. you know, and it's been growing wow. just insanely. And it, you get this whole sense of community. Honestly, Twitch is the best thing I ever been thinking about it more and more. It's almost like this. It changes everything about, yeah. about gaming, everything. It's crazy. That's so that, cool, you know, though. Like th- th- this has really picked up steam and people... People love this. I mean, what you said about the solo self-found, the thing that, that really pings in my brain is uh, the, the maxim that, that that restriction breeds creativity. Mm-hmm. I think that's really true. And this is a great application of that principle. Absolutely. And I mean, I, I just, I love the classic world that you feel like you're not this big mover and shaker and that you're interacting with all the oh, main yeah. characters that much. You know, like you're just this pleb. You're doing the stick, a shovel. Like... Yeah. You found a shovel in a cave and now you're slapping stuff with a shovel and, you know, you just, <laughs> I, I like the, I, the feeling of when you make a hunter, hunter's my favorite class, you know, you spawn in the world as a hunter, all you have is like a dirty, rusty hatchet and like uh, a shitty little bow and you have to go tame a pet and, you know, just, you know, you're starting from nothing, it feels like, which I really like. And then you layer all this other stuff on top of it. It just, it makes it for, for a really immersive experience. And if you think about it, man, 
imagine a server where everybody you saw on the server truly had one life. They weren't role playing or pretending they had one life. They truly had one life. And if you saw level 60 there and you're like, wow, this guy has never died. It just would be really, you know, cool to see. Um, and all I'm saying is like these type of challenges have been around for a minute too. But the, the reason yeah, why yeah. I think we're really successful now is the technology that we have. We have Discord, we have Twitch, we have all these pieces that actually give for the first time the community the ability to police itself, the ability to come up with rules and enforce them to some degree. And you know, just every, like you know, we now have the, these these tools. It's exciting. I hope that more challenges will spring up like this. And instead of viewing the world as a uh, a theme park. As, um, and I know one of your guests said it as a theme park before. Most people who played tons of MMOs, I have not personally played that many MMOs, would say, wow, is a theme park. For me, because I have no experience, not that much experience with other MMOs, to me, it's very sandboxy. I like how you have this beautiful world, these vendor mm-hmm. items, all these cool things, and you can make your own rule sets and challenges within this and treat it like a sandbox. And um, all the issues that people have with classic world buffs, you know, what are the other main issues? PVP system is broken. Raids yeah. are too easy. Yeah. Sure. Only if you're taking everything at face value. But if you treat it like a sandbox and you go, okay, here's a, here's just a big blank canvas. Here's a blank canvas. We can do what we want and make this as challenging as we want with this blank canvas. Okay. So of course the 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 bosses will fall over, right? Of Of course getting to, you know, Rank 14 is a big grind, but you can make your own custom rule sets and treat it like a sandbox. And the world is beautiful. The mm-hmm. music is beautiful. The art is beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, just the craftsmanship that went into the quest, the items. It's a beautiful world. And there's infinite possibilities, you know, if you're going to look at it from that perspective, as opposed to just trying to like min-max, ex- you know, exploit. Because the thing that turned me off more most about the the meta of, of Classic WoW and, and totally just this could, it pulled the plug in my brain. And I know mm. that this isn't a huge a problem with it because it's probably only one, 2% of people who do it, maybe like three, 4% is the multi-boxing for me, man. The multi-boxing, oh. and I did it myself on, on launch, but multi-boxing, as I've said on stream, I'll say it again, is the most pay to win thing I've ever seen in my entire life. And it's actually shocking to me that it's allowed. Um, and it's always been around and allowed in World of Warcraft. But I think in 2020, more than ever, now people have all this technology and, it's easier to pull off. and power. Yeah. You can pull it off. And in the context of Classic WoW, it's just, it's pay to win in the most literal possible sense. It's like if you could have five clones in real life right now and they could all work jobs and give you money. And, and the goal is to like accumulate as much money or clout as another person in real life, that would be so OP. It would be actually completely unfair. So if there's Joe Schmo trying to have a fun, immersive time, and you could have rank 14 gear. Here's the thing. You could have rank 14 gear, slave your butt away, you know, grind all these BGs for months, get rank 14, be the big pumper you always dreamed of, purple gear, right? Yeah. You could have yeah. a guy with five mages in full green leveling gear and just press fire blast on you and you're dead. <laughs> Literally dead. Yeah. Doesn't matter. Yeah, Literally dead. put it that way, I guess it'd be pretty abusive. So other than than easy ganks, how are, how do people abuse multiboxing? Why is it so degenerate uh, in your mind? Yeah, you can just go to Winterspring and one shot frost giants, like giant elite mm-hmm. mobs that would take a raid to kill. You go there with a mage, you press frostbolt with like ten uh, mages, giant dies. You make four hundred gold an hour, five hundred gold an hour, six hundred gold an hour. People are just doing insane. They're soloing UBRS. Yeah. There's people with a 20, 40 man multibox, insane stuff like that. Oh, I mean, where do you draw the line serious? in the sand? Forty man multibox. Yeah, there's a guy in Fairlane with like a forty man multibox. It's the type of thing where it's like, oh where God. does it end? So are you pretty much does this end when we're all playing StarCraft and this is an RTS and everybody actually has like a command set, like a data center set up, like in you know, in an offsite remote location and you're literally commanding an army of 40 characters in game where's the line in the sand you know so even though that's not a huge issue in terms of you know how many people actually do it to me it was such a turnoff that that was allowed that it like yeah. i felt really bad about doing because it myself. You, and here's you a- were trying to use every tool in the toolbox to get the most out of the experience you found a tool that you would not use and that's what yeah. 
made you look at a different direction? So I, when I first heard about multiboxing, I had this innocent excitement for it. I was like, wow, I have the keys to the Lambo right now. I have the keys to the castle. This uh -huh. is insane. So week one, I leveled up a Warlock to 60 on Scarum. Day nine, we killed Ragnaros. Week two, or like the week two or three, I leveled up a mage right after mm -hmm. and got the 60 like on week three or something. I was one of the first people on the server with the second 60. And at that point, I had unlimited inventory space. I had a mage that could portal me around. I had a, I was a soul link warlock. And if, you know, as soon as I ran out of mana, I would life tap myself down to 10% polymorph myself. Cause I would slash duel myself on the mage, heal up in three, four ticks, be back up to full. <laughs> Literally nobody could kill me because I have two characters. So all, I'm not a sophisticated multi-boxer, but I was, I was okay enough to have mm -hmm. the mage turn face the target and frostbolt or poly. Yeah. So at that point, like just nobody's killing me one v one. And after a while it was cool for like a couple weeks. And then after a couple of weeks, I was like, dude, this is kind of scummy. And it made me realize the reason why I'm doing this is I'm trying to get an unfair advantage. But it wasn't really, for me, it was more about I wanted to defend myself against stream snipers. I do think I've thought long and hard about this, why I wanted to do it. It was mainly to deter stream snipers in my own mind, because I'm really not trying to like, like ruin someone's day and, mm -hmm. and you know, like hurt somebody or make them have a bad time. Yeah. But, you know, I felt this kind of guilt with multiboxing. And I just had, I wanted nothing to do with it. So like hardcore came as a result of a lot of these things. Like you'd be like, oh, you could participate in the sweaty meta where you have to try super hard. You have to, the expectation is you're going to multi-box and you're going to be kind of toxic in PvP so that people will leave you alone to just having this beautiful, wholesome community where all the incentives are aligned for people to have fun. Everybody's rooting each other on and you just kind of disconnect from all that. And yeah. I don't know. Yeah. 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 You kind of pull the plug on, on the, uh, on the negativity. One of the things that you've you bragged about, I heard you mentioned it earlier, is you feel like you've you've won the lottery with the community that you've attracted to this content. Um how is that how's that worked out? Um do you have a lot of people doing these runs and streaming it? Like what's 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 the the, the broader scene kind of look like? Yeah, we're, 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 I mean, dude, we're really lucky. One of the things I love about this classic WoW community, I'm looking right now, we, we're about to have 7,000 members uh, in the Discord and it's, it's growing, it's going up and to the right. But, um, you Stonks. know, one of the things I love about this community is that it's older, it's older. I mean, it's people in our same age, age bracket, right? And like, if you go to any other game or most other games, you're in there feeling like a boomer, there's a bunch of squeakers in there and they're talking, they're like, all right, old man, like, you know, like, and it just, I like how I see somebody out in the open world. And I'm like, Hey, he's probably like me, you know, I probably, you know, probably a little yeah. older and you know, we probably had a similar childhood cut from the same cloth, like fantasy stuff, Lord of the Rings, all this. And it's a well-capitalized, smart, successful group of people who play classic wild. Let me tell you right now, I've seen doctors, police officers, yeah. uh, people with advanced degrees, people that of all walks of life, um, and I don't know, I just, I really like that about the community. Mm -hmm. And for whatever reason, maybe we just got lucky, I'm not sure, but we have very little uh, toxicity within the hardcore scene. People are really, you know, I mean, you get a few crazies here and there, but, you know, I've been learning to deal with that more effectively. But yeah, I, I really have resonated with what you just said about how the, the classic community tends to tilt a little older um, in terms mm -hmm. of how far along they are in life. Um, I, I found myself gravitating more towards experiences like that too, as the years go by, like, um, actually my, the gaming buddies who I bounce off of every day are by and large people who are from an old, old, um, competitive scene for a, a mod for the first half-life game where we played mm -hmm. in player organized leagues in the early two thousands. And, uh, I ran a, I ran a clan that played 250 competitive matches over three years. Um, oh, when I was wow. in college back in those days. Yeah. And that that clan and our friends is like the seed of of the community that I that I kind of um, 
so is Half Life multiplayer? Because I know Half Life spawned Counter Strike, right? Yes, yeah. Uh, so so th think of it as like a um, it's like Counter Strike, but it's a different different game mode. Team Fortress mm, okay. Classic is the name of the mod. Oh, um, Team Fortress. Yeah. So oh, I know Team Fortress. Team Fortress Two was the sequel yeah. to Team Fortress Classic, mm. and Team, Team Fortress Classic was the sequel to the original Quake Team Fortress. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um. And uh, actually, um, there's a in in a similar vein, like a, a lot of those people have come back um, with 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 you know the world being on lockdown and everything that we're dealing with, people being stuck indoors. Uh, we found each other on Discord and said, "Let's make a league, boys. We'll call it a beer league. We'll have some fun with it." And we're making our own game. Um, I, and I, uh, I I loved I love player run communities. And part of the mm -hmm. reason I love them so much is obviously my own great experience with that community back in the day, having it come back. Um, but I also think that games have fucked up with regard to community building over the years. Yeah. In, a, in, 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 in like a, a drive to try to grab as many people as possible. For sure. Like quantity over quality. And 100%. while quantity has a quality all of its own, um, man, like I've been turned off of so many um games that maybe are not strictly mmos but have mmo type dna like warframe is an example destiny is an example there are a few others um where it feels like you're not really communing with people like the people you're playing next to aren't like your your brothers and sisters you know you're not growing together you don't get to actually talk to them they're just like strangers who are in walking down the hallway next to you to class um and i hate that it sucks and when Classic was announced, I was like, oh shit, maybe people want this. Maybe there are enough people like me out there want this. And maybe this will send a signal in a way that there is, that, that we're sick of like these shallow, shallow social experiences. Uh, I made a video about it at one point, but I, I've been fascinated to watch all the talk about um, the upcoming retail expansion, mm -hmm. uh, the Shadowlands, right? Is that what it's called? Shadowlands, yeah. Shadowlands. And this controversial covenants feature, which which I've I've I watched I watched the Kevin Jordan critique of of the Ian Hezekostas interview with Preach. And of course Kevin was on your show too. Um mm -hmm. yeah. We have John Stats this Thursday, it's pretty cool. He's another, that is hype. Uh, I'm gonna watch yeah. it. What time is that? Uh eleven thirty AM uh Pacific. So you're you're Eastern. No, 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 you're you're, you're I'm west uh, with you. West, yeah, so 11 30. Yeah, you're like me every time it is actually east time because for some yeah. reason that's people, anyway. Okay, yeah. yeah, uh, I will definitely try to be there for that and I'll certainly watch the VOD in any, in any case. But, um, this like I've been fascinated to watch Shadowlands seem like it's actually trying to learn some things from classic and seeing the backlash to that and the way that the community is interacting with that. I hope I actually have this. Actually, before I go on any further, I want to give you a chance to jump in. Um, what What do you think about that? Do you have an opinion about it? Yeah, I mean, so ultimately, my opinion with Shadowlands, um, there's still elements of Warcraft there, so there's stuff to latch on to. But just as a general thing, I think it's gotten too cutesy-cutesy. They're trying to appeal to everybody. And, uh, you know, just if I were to look at the game at face value and look at all these different wildly colorful, high, you know, RGB value particle effects flinging uh -huh. all over the place, 9 million different mounts, Volpera, all these little strange races, like, to me... It just it's overwhelming and it doesn't look that cool to me like personally i like a more simple low power level uh you know, world so that's kind of some some of my issue with shadowlands at the end of the day though i still think you know if classic was never around like if classic was never launched i'd, I'd buy shadowlands and play it and you know do some twos and chill with mm -hmm, some people mm -hmm. so still have friends who play it 
Um, there's still stuff to be appreciated in, in Shadowlands for sure. Um, but one thing, man, and I don't know if it's the age or whatever, but there was a there was a time where people were, I mean, people were different years ago, man. And, and like some people were really into mythology and D&D and understand like taking pride in all that rich, nerdy fandom or lore. And like they, they were just a different breed, man. I don't even consider myself one of those people, but I like those people. Like those people who are just sitting around a table playing D&D, the using their imagination, the gray beards, inspired content. They had, they had visions. They were creative. I feel like a lot of those people, some of those old guard, they got together and made classic WoW. And the passion and love they put into the game is so evident mm-hmm. um, that, you know, when we're t- t- to chime in on your point and what you said about some of the, how the new games, a lot of them just feel like they don't have much soul in them. They're built yeah. in a way to try to exploit the player and, and make a little money off of them. Make you feel powerful or, enough to want to want to pay money or want to, I don't know. They're not unapologetically designed. They're designed apologizing to you the whole time. They're oh, like, that's a great I'm sorry. I'm sorry, great player. Here you go, great player. I'm so sorry, but you know, let, me, let me get some, you know, dollars yeah. for the, gem, oh, oh, for the gems. But is that edge a little too sharp for you? Let me let me just round it off for you. Let me go round it. Is yeah. leveling so too sorry, slow? Guys. I'll fix it. I'll fix it. Yeah, and then you get. I mean, oh, and some people love that, right? So that's the thing. Like the, that's probably the majority. Like Blizzard, there's people who have advanced degrees that work at Blizzard. They make data driven decisions. They're probably following the needle on the chart, and they're right. like, "Yo, everything's moving mobile. You know, China's a huge market. Mm-hmm. You know, we got to make data driven decisions." A lot of the old guard, they retired. They've moved on to other things. I'm not sure, but there's still a few of us out here that uh, that like the way games were, you know, back in the day where stuff was. And even when I look at, at stuff, and this is a hot take, man. I might, you know lose everybody by saying this but you know with game of thrones for example right most people probably 90 percent of people love game of thrones uh-huh. um but for for me like i always loved lord of the rings magic the gathering okay. um and even though i never played D, i just look at the cover of a D book and it gets me so excited and and you know when i see game of thrones it's almost like fantasy light fantasy for the normal folks who don't really know much about fantasy yeah they, they, it's they, a very low fantasy I, setting yeah, because it, it's very it's very oversexualized and graphic and stuff. I know it comes from books, and the books might be way better. I'm not sure. I've never read the books, but I, you know, I gave it a shot in, in in good faith with my wife, and I was watching it, and I just keep thinking to myself, man, like this is this is the, this is fantasy for like people who aren't normally into fantasy. So it's like really watered down and stuff, like the way they structured the show. Yeah. So for me, I couldn't watch it that much, right? Like mm. when you look at Lord of the Rings, the aesthetic just didn't grab you didn't grab me and the same thing can be said with a lot of these modern games you go back and watch fellowship of the ring watch the first 30 minutes again sometime bro it'll remind you why you love all this stuff yeah. it'll remind you you know they, they have it for free on planes most of the time so every time i'm on a plane i'll watch the first 30 minutes like basically I'll end it, right? badass. it's badass that one scene where they're in the elven city and the, and like you know aragorn's like oh you know you have my sword and then Legolas like oh you have <laughs> my bow and Gimli's like you have my axe. my axe and the whole sequence from the shire leading up to the hobbits running away and they go into that dark tavern and aragorn's all hooded and it's like rainy and damp mm-hmm. everything you, you think that stuff is hyper sexualized no man it's actually just very like rich these grungy hobbits walking into this grungy tavern and like there is elements of romance and things like that too with aragorn and that and his elven you know woman but mm-hmm. it was just kind of done in a better like higher brow way and uh, you know just look at a lot of these these new games man and they just look kind of corny to me man i don't know like i, I miss mm-hmm. that that rich lord of the rings token high you know high fantasy token type lore um and i, th- I think like games like witcher i love the Witcher. i don't know how you feel about the witcher but the witcher is a serious fantasy universe that's based on books and mm-hmm. they don't compromise they're unapologetic about their universe it seems i saw something that was kind of a big yikes the other day though that they're that they're going to be building a mobile game for witcher yeah. So for me, I had this red flag go off my head. I don't know much about it, but I was thinking to myself, oh boy, oh boy, here it comes, dude. They're cashing out. They're <laughs> cashing out. You know, CD Projekt Red, they might be cashing out right now. They're making some mobile 
adaptation for The Witcher. When you look at The Witcher 3, beautiful game, you know, serious voice acting, triple A voice acting. Um, serious fan, look at the cinematics mm-hmm. for The Witcher. And even The yeah, like Witcher Diablo. is an incredible game. It's it's the the best sto- storytelling in the coolest setting that I've I've experienced in a video game. Um and very different than a lot of RPGs where it's telling the story of a character. Like you aren't playing your own character. You're playing this character that the game presents to you. Um, and it's telling you that story. It seems like you're just generally though, powerfully drawn to certain types of aesthetics. Like Yes, 100%. Yep. And and it, it, I can see that you put a lot of effort into tailoring your content to look the way that, like, like even the, I, I think part of the reason hardcore maybe appeals to you is not just on the gameplay level, but also on an aesthetic level. 100%, the idea, I'm a sucker for art assets. Yeah, and I like I, I love the, the 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 Diablo orbs you have and the the, the hardcore angel you have as your your mm-hmm. logo. It's so cool looking. Mm-hmm. Um, Thanks, man. Thanks. I mean, I tried. I, like, I, I try. I literally adjusted the contrast and brightness settings to make World of Warcraft cast in a darker light. I know it's not canon or maybe how it's supposed yeah. to be, but for me, I like to think that WoWs you know make it look a, a, a little bit darker but you know basically the trend in my mind is everything has gotten really cutesy cutesy and i think it's maybe to appeal to little kids i don't know man but i remember being a little kid i remember being 13 i liked the savagery of the orcs and lord of the rings and like the bloody fights at helms deep and the magic the gathering cards back in the day if you ever played magic like you know they had this serious kind of macabre edgy dark gritty art style yeah i don't know if i was ever you know and then you look at the retail everything is so cutesy cutesy these days i don't know man just that's another 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 thing so i don't know who exactly they're they're mm. they're making the art style like who exactly is that appealing to i'm not even sure but it's got to be for somebody but. yeah probably i mean if there is like a an audience they're targeting it's just the biggest one possible i'm guessing and to, in order to do that you have to have the most options possible um it, it seems like I, i've observed like in in games in general just a a trend towards um brighter flashier more colorful People are, mm-hmm. tend to be drawn to it, like you know, like flies to a light. You know, they just can't help it. Here's and, the thing I want to chime in on that, though. Yeah. Re- just real quick. So a world like Diablo is supposed to be very dark and gritty and dim, like an overcast. You just think of grays and dark dungeons, right? Mm-hmm. But when I look at Diablo art style, I ask myself, how can something so dark be so rich and colorful? So it it, it is dark but they still find shades of red and orange glow and ambient effects and particle effects to still make it look super rich and nice. Just, mm-hmm. you know, so while it is dark, I mean, it, it, I, I've watched the the cinematic hype trailer for Diablo four, like multiple right. times on stream now and look, I mean, I just love it. It's like just the loading screen of Diablo four. <laughs> yeah. You look at it where you see the barbarian and the other classes there. I, that, that loading screen is so comfy to me. I could just sit in that loading screen and spin the characters all day. Everything mm-hmm. looks so nice to me. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that, that was it, man. Just to say that just because it's dark, you can still make it look beautiful and colorful, even though it's dark. Oh yeah. I mean, uh, I, I'm definitely not conflating dark with, with ugly or, or with, with bland or boring. I mean, I, I think it's, there's, there's a very long legacy of, of dark fantasy art going all the way back to Dungeons and Dragons, magic, all that old shit. The, the old, uh, the old tales to, told, told by the graybeards, Right. Um, and I, I like it too. I I think, but I'm, for me, like what's what's most important about a game is that the aesthetic makes sense. So, mm-hmm. think about going with a dark aesthetic for a hardcore game mode. Does it make sense? Mm-hmm. Like the what you present tells the story of the game, and I I think that especially in MMOs and games like this where there's a huge cosmetic component, um, there's a an an uh, 
an irresistible, irresistible incentive for most publishers to give players as many options to pay in as they can for cosmetics. And if you have a really strict adherence to a certain aesthetic, you just mm -hmm. can lose some people. Um, a good, good example, like a game that, that I love, close to my heart, very small, um, game called Planet Side 2. Uh, it's an MMO first-person shooter. It's very unique. And when it launched, it had a very specific aesthetic. It was like a sci-fi shooter. Um, over the years, they've put in more cosmetics. You can have pink camouflage. You can have hearts come out of your guns when you shoot them. And it's just like, over time, that, that goes away. There was mm -hmm. a big controversy that happened right when the game came out where um, the art director said that he couldn't put berets in the game for a certain faction because it didn't fit their art style. Mm -hmm. And the community thought that was ridiculous. Um, he's not at the company anymore. Um, I think not related to that. And uh, they've moved on, and now the art is just all over the place. Another game, too, with the same kind of artistic identity crisis is Guild Wars 2, mm. um, which... Um, you know, th th that was what I talked to Mighty Teapot about a few weeks ago. You you referenced it. Um, that game has altogether, in some ways, different, in some ways, not different problems, but it also massively sells cosmetics as a way mm -hmm. to make money and monetize its player base. And to the point where any any aesthetic gains you can make inside the game are completely meaningless. Um, I think you did the nail on the head, though. That, that, this is the cycle, guys. How do we break the cycle? You have this rich, cohesive, you know, tightly woven fantasy universe. And then over time, as it grows and gets more popular and swells, it loses its identity. Its art style goes all over the place, you know, and I don't, I think it's the, maybe the corporatism of it. It gets really corporate and you get more stakeholders involved. And then maybe there's some turning point where the, the initial people who are super inspired to build this universe lose leverage because then it becomes a stakeholder issue. I'm not sure, but Numbers the same thing driven. you said about like Halo for me, example, like I grew up loving Halo, man. Like I, was on the Bungie.net site every day, like looking, eating every Easter egg up or every breadcrumb they would put out about the lore. I learned about the covenant, mm -hmm. about, you know, Earth and Reach and just, you know, the fall of Reach. And I read all the books, you know, the flood, first contact. Uh, you know, I, I, I loved it, man. Like the, the even Halo 1, you know, that scene, that legendary yeah. scene where they first see the flood in the, on that mission. And you get this little, you know, fire team of Marines, you know, moving inside of it, this compound and they, they meet the flood and they get overwhelmed and they all die. Like, I love that, dude. It's just, it was so scary and rich and real. And I was so into Halo. And then you see what happens with it over time. You know, they eventually Bungie doesn't hold IP anymore. Yep. So how do you break the cycle with this? How do you stop stuff from getting diluted? Somehow there are some beacons of light who have not done it. So one of them is Lord of the Rings. They've kept their stuff pretty airtight. I don't think if anybody is really, you know, diluted. What do you think of the Hobbit messed... trilogy? Okay. Yeah. Okay. I see where you're going with this. Like the new, the new Hobbit was different um, for sure. But I, I don't know. I still feel that Lord of the Rings holds its integrity. Um, Aesthetically, it was consistent. There's that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Also, uh, Warhammer, Warhammer, like the, I feel like they've been pretty serious and streamlined and consistent with it, right? Uh, another one would be, I think probably more or less Magic the Gathering, but you know, Magic the Gathering is all over the place now too. With the, it's the too big. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm not qualified enough to speak about that. Yeah, I tried to get into Magic at one point, man. I really thought about it, but the hobby's too big. So how do you stop your stuff from getting diluted to the point of no return where like the world doesn't make sense anymore? Maybe you just put it down. Maybe like if you feel like it's getting to that point, you just say it's over, game over. You know, if you're the creator of this world, you say, that's it. I know people would want to see it continue, mm -hmm. but it's my baby. 
it's my it's our prized world and universe and, and lore that we work so hard to build and we don't want to see it degenerate so we're calling it it's done mm -hmm. you know maybe that's what it takes um to preserve the integrity of stuff you know most people want to see stuff keep going to a season three season four season five. Oh, i love the show i love what i love back give me more yeah. yeah resurrect him dude he's a great character just bring him back from the dead Fuck mm. it right and then you go to season eight <laughs> season nine season 10 season 11 and then it just just it's nothing at that point Lose right? its soul. it just takes strong leadership to go it's done it's a mini series it's only 10 episodes i would have loved to see band of brothers season two i love band of brothers one of my favorite mini series of all time hbo mini series you know tr uh tracking the whole you know involvement of the uh you know yeah uh, it's an incredible series yeah yeah the paratroopers in world war ii i would have killed to see a season two but what if season of two hit as hard there's something yeah. beautiful about 10 yeah. 10 episodes that's it that's all you get you know that's all like to preserve the quality over quantity all we got is 10 episodes in us and that is just going to be immortalized mm -hmm. as its own block of art and you know then you have the pacific as well you know so you know yeah. i feel like we live in a world though where where no successful ip goes on mind right yep your example yep. with the witcher mobile game like even if it's a great mobile game it could be but still like witcher on mobile seems like a really weird fit tonally it does um, it does it does it does feel weird and i don't know maybe there's a communication piece missing too like maybe if they're the leadership of wow or witcher what if they reached out and said like look community you know we you know you really love this witcher universe this is where we're at with regard to preserving the integrity of the lore you know mm -hmm. we're doing this mobile game because we feel it's going to be a serious addition to the universe where you just want to let you know we're making every effort to preserve the integrity of the lore and all this as much as possible um i'm not sure man but you know like yeah. I, I, okay. One thing. I, so you know about like decentralization. Like I, I like decentralization. Most people equate that with cryptocurrency and Bitcoin and blockchain. I like blockchain. I like decentralization. I'm not like humongous into crypto or anything, but I've thought about the idea of like a decentralized IP where the people would control the decisions in the universe. Um, you'd still you might end up with a bad product at the end of the day if purely the player base you know this you know guided it. And this is what I, I don't mean. think like, Kevin Jordan it, would like that very much. Exactly. Yeah. Because I, I, you know, <laughs> Kevin Jordan on that podcast said there needs to be this distance between the passionate, inspired, creative people and mm -hmm. the player base. Mm -hmm. I would agree on that too. That's one way to build the car as well. But look how that's panned out. Now we're in a situation yeah. where there still are a few people pulling the strings, but they have no clue why this universe was made and have like, they're all over the place with both of the lore. Yeah, too much distance, to... it seems like, between the, the, the people who make the choices and people who are experiencing those choices. <laughs> For sure. So, you know, if there was a way where people, everybody who played the game and was involved with the system inside of this intellectual property could vote and democratically make decisions to the universe so that it would move in a certain direction, at least, I mean, you may end up with a bad product at the end of the day because hmm. the player base may not always know best, but maybe you would just take a few missteps as a player base guiding the community and go, okay, that was a bad decision. Let's do another poll and move it back or something. Mm -hmm. it, it, you know, if, I, if I'm in a community of my peers with all my World of Warcraft players who love the game or whatever, and they want to make a decision and move something one way, and they democratically voted on it and it moved that way, I'd be, mm -hmm. be cool with it. At least I would understand. Mm -hmm. I don't know, but maybe the decentralized wouldn't work. All yeah. I'm saying is I wish there was a way to not have this cycle continue where yeah. like these beloved treasured IPs that people invest their life into emotionally, financially, they just degenerate over time. I don't mm -hmm. know. Interesting. Yeah, I'm thinking about your idea about the decentralization. I, I actually have a bit of a devil's advocate kind of notion building in my head. But before I get there, just like a hypothetical to, to kind of test the idea out. Like, what if 
you had like say you implemented this for the hardcore community or you and the people yep. who are kind of helping manage it and organize it and let's say that the community came back and, and voted and said we've decided the decentralized hardcore community has decided that the auction house is in i would say good let's go auction house sure okay okay yeah see see that, that that's the thing that's actually how we're doing the hardcore uh community right now it is like that i think there should be due process and there should be a way to make changes as a community we do straw polls which is in a sense kind of like decentralized we do this this you know this weekly podcast where we talk about the issues and pain points uh -huh. and then we bring it to the community and we straw poll them and we tell them hey look even, you know even though we're sort of in a sense top of the you know chain of command with this stuff we can't just make decisions like you're facilitating the choices you're, you're yeah, gathering the feedback you're implementing it yeah exactly we're just the we're just the facilitators like well, who are we to make the decisions we're no better than you community so we're mm. going to put this in your hands you're going to vote and if you guys feel overwhelmingly that another way is better we're 100 it's no problem we'll absolutely go that way right and then maybe at some point we'll realize hey that was a mistake and we can always go back scale it back whatever it might be um but that, that is kind of how we're going right now with hardcore, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. like, because it's, it would be super cringe if we just said, all right, there's a new rule. just came up with it, blah, blah, blah. Like everybody just mm -hmm. go obey by that. People would, people would just yeah. lose interest and they'd walk away. They'd be like, who is this guy? Like, you know, I don't know. So, sure. Yeah. That makes sense. Um, I, you actually kind of foiled my, my very clever plan. Um, I think that the, the, the point that I was wanting to, to examine, um, and get, 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 get your thought about is like, what if a, community like that came together and gave feedback that is that essentially asked for something that was not good for the game and is that not in fact what has happened to a game like like world of warcraft retail over time i think of some stuff yeah. like lfr i i was playing when lfr was introduced you were playing when lfr was introduced i, I don't remember a lot of people being very upset about it in fact i, I remember a lot more people being very up on it I was a bonnet when it first came out too, yeah, to be honest. Yeah. You know. We just, and that's one of those choices where it seems like the community at large doesn't know best. Um, and that, that's, that's certainly an argument I've heard. Like, uh, I've consumed a lot of Kevin Jordan's content lately. So it's kind of ringing around my head. Um, I, I love the idea of a democratic process. And, but I, I also think back to that. And I think back to like what made the original WoW Vanilla so strong. And I think about the importance of those, those, the, those, those vision holders, the vision holders who kind of have the, I don't know if it's the freedom or the power or the ability to, to go and make what's in their head. And even though you are getting feedback every single week, and iterating and iterating and iterating, like it, I, I still kind of feel like you are one of the people who has that guiding vision and well, here, I, I would be your... go ahead go ahead oh sorry i didn't mean to cut you off my bad dude just no i'm, I'm just connecting things and seeing what you think so here, here's one way you could possibly do it uh -huh. some creative inspired passionate people come together and they take a blank canvas and they draw an amazing thing on it at some point those people have to be very selfless about it and go this is i'm trying to create something that's bigger than just me and just you and at some point I have to relinquish control of this out so that it is becomes decentralized or whatever. So maybe, you know, those people like Kevin Jordan, those inspired people who, who made this beautiful world, they build it up and it's such a beautiful thing. And like, you know, they carried the torch and got it to a certain point. Mm -hmm. And then when they couldn't go any further or, you know, maybe it could be a number of circumstances happen. 
they would turn it into like this, they would open up the IP, they would relinquish, relinquish control of the IP and give it to the people and let the people and just say, this is a universe that's bigger than any one person. It's bigger than myself. Mm-hmm. Let's open it up. Now, yes, you, you're 100% right. I actually think that's a really interesting thing to say how that, that might've been how retail evolved. Like they just listened to the people. People mm-hmm. wanted, no, you know, flying mounts. They wanted this and that. We got to where we are. But the thing that retail isn't is missing right now is there's no due process that's transparent and open for the people to move things back if they wanted to. It's mm-hmm. just left to the high council of Blizzard executives or whatever, right? So imagine we got to this point where we are with retail right now in Shadowlands, and we go, okay, there's some stuff wrong potentially. Let's keep polling the community, and maybe we can scale it back in future iterations of the game. Maybe we can bring it back. Like we as a player base can can vote on this, and we've learned from. Remember back in the day when we all voted for um, you know LFG, and now mm-hmm. we've learned through like you know history, it, it didn't work out exactly everywhere. how we thought, you know. But we have the ability democratically you know, as a player base to all cast our votes and move the needle back in a better direction. And right now, I think that's one of the main pain points with Blizzard. They don't really communicate all that well. And when they do, and this is shocking to me a lot of the times too, because back in the day, and Kevin Jordan mentioned this on his, on his, when he was on our podcast, it was like Blizzard had better things to be doing, bigger fish to fry back in the day. Yeah. To get a hold of Blizzard back in the day, you couldn't really get a hold of Blizzard. Now you can tweet at them and you'll get a response. They'll spawn a freaking dragon for you in the starting zone or whatever they did during the, <laughs> during the, um, during the, the initial thing, right? And like mm-hmm. the, 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 you know, all the developers are one tweet away now. Yeah, the trend and, and, is more and more access. More and more access, but um, I guess, shit, uh, where I was going is that, oh yeah, yeah. So the communication from Blizzard recently has been very prideful and full and filled with ego. You've seen CMs, community managers kind of lash out, mm-hmm. right? And not take the high road. You've seen it multiple times. I still love Blizzard and most people are, are like, doomers about blizzard like they, they've just the trust has been severed the from blizzard, will never blizzard. go back mm-hmm. yeah they, they, you know they, they there's all those videos about that you know blizzard will always have a place in my heart because they made the best games that put a roof over my head that helped you know launch all my youtube stuff you know yeah. you always gotta i always gotta pay respect to them in that in that sense so i'm not even just trying to defame them or anything but th- they have like you know when you see them like i was at blizzcon last year for the first time and you know like the, the jail and bracket it was up there and he was apologizing for all this stuff oh man what a moment to me, it, I, I don't know man just i feel like blizzard isn't communicating honestly and transparently like just real neckbeard gamers like the rest of us man and just and it's got to be maybe some of the lawyers talking or the corporate aspect of it i'm not sure yeah but you know i guess to circle back what i was originally saying is that yes what you said might be right. They listen to the players and this is where we are right now with wow. But right now there's no way to take it back and move it, move it back towards. Mm-hmm. I mean, some people say they're doing it with Shadowlands, but right. I don't know, man. Yeah. I mean, I, I guess we, we can expect a new wow expansion. Hey, what, what's, what's the name of your dog, by the way? I'm oh, sorry. My dog's eight. I have two of them. There's probably some cats outside. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's all good. It's all good. Uh, I don't know. Like I asked myself, I was thinking about this problem too. Um, if I were in charge of WoW retail or one of the people who was, and I recognized that that we had fucked up and we tried to make a game for everybody, and in doing so, we made a game for nobody. Um, and I wanted to start moving the needle back and to to zeroing back in on the audience that I knew would love World of Warcraft. Um, how would I go about doing that, knowing that I'd built all so much expectation of access into the game? Um, just the stuff we've mentioned is already huge. LFR, flying mounts, um, th- th- those are two pillars that by themselves are, are huge and hard to roll back. Um, and I asked myself, what would I do to pave the path? And the answer I can come up with is it's got to be like and one 
one flagstone, one brick, one one piece of granite at a time. And the part of me that sees patterns looks at covenants. And I don't know a lot. I don't know everything about how they work. I'm really not that plugged into retail. Like I said, I haven't actually played retail in over 10 years. But what I've learned about it and, the, and what I've seen about it in terms of discussion makes me think uh, that they're trying to bring the RPG back into the game and trying to make you make a choice. A choice that when you make it, you might not have all the information, which feels like choosing a class, which feels like choosing a race. And you can't easily change it at any time. Um, and it's pulling the game into more of that RPG space of not, not, I want to be able to make the most optimal output choice to get the highest raid parses to be the most competitive, but I want to make the choice that's feels most like the character that I want to play. You know, I want to be that, that, you know, cozy, uh, hunter starting out with my ax and rusty bow. And this is what feels right coming out of, you know, Duratar or wherever. Um, that's kind of what I feel like I'm seeing. And I don't know if that will actually pan out. Um, do you think I have any, do you think that there's any sauce in that idea or you think I'm totally off base? I don't know much about retail and it's the type of thing that I just look at it and it's too bloated and it's too <laughs> colorful and it's too, like, the cinematics. The like aesthetic that, is so an immediate turn off. They're, they're just going to like, Jane is going to bust out into song and it's going to turn into like, you know, frozen. That's how I feel. When I that see would the be the next direction to go is the Fortnite direction, right? the Fortnite direction man so it's the type of thing that if i in a selfish world just purge it man just purge all of it bro like, be un- like like i know i'm saying like in the sense that make an unapologetic decision that's going to piss people off and own it and be like yo we're passionate this is for the best like we're gonna we need to do something shocking as blizzard to show that like we're back mm-hmm. we're back and you know if you keep trying to please everybody and keep their powerful characters going on over and over again eventually they're just going to start one-shotting planets like they did in some of the cinematics i would have loved to see at one point blizzard to just go I know you're attached to your characters, guys, but we're just gonna wipe it. We're just yeah, like just come back fresh. Like you know, maybe they like. So for me, like if you see a bloated website that has a bunch of features on it, like even just look at maybe a a Wowhead. I'm not trying to fire any shots here, but try to think of like a a a website that has just too much stuff going around all over the place, and it has, you know, they have all these cool ideas for features and aspects of the site. But once you just pile it on top of each other, it just becomes like a big steamy like yeah, just unrecognizable bloated its purpose website. is not clear its purpose is not clear and, and a lot of like the richness and flavor and simplicity and genius of the design goes out the window because you just keep adding stuff to the pile oh what, what do you think about this oh that'd be cool i right, just add it on top of the pile add mm-hmm. it on top of the pile um you know if in a, in a selfish alternate reality i would you know if i'm blizzard i say you know you hire kevin jordan back you hire some of the old guard back and they go we're wiping it, guys. We're wiping it. Wow, and we're we're, we're just going to re-release World of Warcraft. We're we are going to re-release World of Warcraft. That's just mm-hmm. what it's going to be called, World of Warcraft. Yeah. And instead of reinventing the wheel, they still take the same treasured and beloved zones, and they just enrich them further. Um, and I'm talking about different game mechanics fundamentally. Maybe there's no global cooldown anymore. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's in VR someday they do it. <laughs> but to just say, there's because a lot of the is there really. Yeah, like Guild Wars 1 to Guild Wars 2. Do you know about how that went down? No, I do not. Okay, so Guild Wars 2 is a game anyone can play now. It's free to play. Awesome game. Has big problems. But before Guild Wars... Guild Wars 2 was a was a solution to a problem for Guild Wars 1. Guild Wars 1 came out... Actually, it was it was a concurrent of, of like WoW Vanilla and WoW Burning Crusade. It was out around that same time. Um, and very much was, was a different... It was like a pseudo-MMO in many ways. I won't get into it, but... They got to a point with 
after the third expansion to the game where they where they realized that they developed themselves into a corner in terms of design and that maintaining what they created was going to be really difficult and iterating on it meaningfully was going to be really difficult and they just couldn't keep it going so rather than than changing the game and or rather than just trying to make this this disgusting husk from a developmental perspective continue on they said you know what we're going to make a new expansion that's going to introduce three new races to the game and you're gonna be able to play those in the sequel to guild wars called guild wars 2 mm. and you're going to be able to not carry your characters over because there's going to be a 250 year time skip between the games same mm. world different time different enemies and in between if you link your accounts in guild wars 1 the achievements that you that you fulfill in the the last expansion uh, contribute to a hall of monuments in Guild Wars 1. And that hall of monuments mm. is reflected by things you can unlock for your characters in Guild Wars 2. So you can wear certain titles like, there's this really coveted title for the, the, the full hall of monuments unlock, where if you do it in Guild Wars 2, you get the title, God Walking Among Mere Mortals. Wow, okay. <laughs> so know? it's almost instead of making an expansion, you just make another game. Like that's how they justify yeah. it. It's Guild Wars 2, not Guild Wars 1. What do you mean? You're not taking the characters over to Guild yeah. Wars 2. This is another game. Yeah, I mean, there are a mm -hmm. bunch of other differences between WoW and Guild Wars 1, of course, but that's how that was done. And I mean, I think it, I think it worked. I mean, uh, someone argued that Guild Wars 2 needs to do that now. <laughs> um, Interesting. But yeah, I mean, I, I, in all intents and purposes, I know people are going to freak out. People have invested so much of their time and money into the characters, and I get it. You don't want to take away their characters from them. But, you know, there's something, some of the majesty of Vanilla WoW was that the world was really, un, it felt unapologetic. It felt like Blizzard could care less about your sensibilities or how you felt about the world or your characters. It was there. You either liked it or you didn't like it. Mm -hmm. You know, there was no having your cake and eat it too in Vanilla. Like, you know, you just... So that unapologetic kind of badass game design was 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 right there, you know, um, and so the other the other way I think I was gonna say though mm -hmm. is if you wanted to bring it back, um, I don't think realistically they're gonna wipe the slate clean. Maybe in twenty years if they release WoW or something. But uh, one thing you could do is I think old school RuneScape has the system where they make changes to the game based on like eighty twenty. And like 80% of the community has to feel a certain way for them to act on making the change. There's like a critical hmm. mass benchmark. Of like, How okay, about democratizing over... it? Mm -hmm. Democratizing it. Absolutely, man. Like if you had transparency into the democratic process and how decisions were, were, were passed through in terms of this beloved game world that you've invested so much time in, I don't know. I mean, I, 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 I would at least be a lot more understanding of how things ended up. It would feel like the players yeah. were making the choices. Um, so that'd yeah. be another thing that they could do. And, and maybe, honestly... I'm talking all this smack about retail and stuff. If for some, if the player base was all voting and it and I was able to see, hey, look, I'm in the 20% that doesn't like these changes. Oh, okay, it makes sense. Like the, the game is going to go in that direction. Maybe it's just not for me. Maybe it's not a them problem. It's a me problem. I just don't like, mm -hmm. you know, the way the majority of people are feeling about things. Like, what what if most people really like the cutesy, cutesy, furry art style, all this type of stuff? Then who am I, dude? I'm just some old crusty boomer over here saying that I, you know, I don't like it. Yeah, it, it makes sense. Like, I'm just mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm, move on. Yeah. yeah, well, talking about the idea of moving on, I mean, you posed the question of how can a how can a game or any IP that starts off as a as a beloved thing not lose its soul over time? Mm -hmm. um, you observed something that I've observed as well, not just in the games that I play, but honestly, in my own in my own work, I'm a tech professional. I work I've worked at startups, and I've seen the cycle of these amazing small companies be so successful that they get bought up by large companies and they lose their soul. And when that happens, it's a sad thing. Because the thing that, that you that that 
nourished you, literally. Well, not literally, I guess, indirectly. But the thing that felt so meaningful and so right and like it was making a change and a difference and like you were building towards something with this group of people um, gets turned into like, uh, you know, a rounding error for a big company. Mm -hmm. And you get, you, you, you broaden this big corporate structure that, and, and instead of being incentivized for doing the right thing, you get incentivized for playing the system, gaming the system. It feels bad. Um, and people who are making those companies, building those companies and selling, selling those companies usually leave when they sell. They go to make a new company. I think this happens too in, in the video game world with developers, people who make these a beautiful, amazing games. Like definitely some people are just, you know, studio forever folks. Like that's, they just, they want to be either in one place or they, or they like the career progression. But like, I look at the original creators of like, wow, vanilla, and I don't know all their resumes, but um, these guys moved on. And I think that mm -hmm. there's, there's a, a creative freedom in that because you can be chained to something you've built that's beautiful. Um, like think about the most successful artists, you know, of modern media, like the George Lucas's or, um, you know, some of those other type things. If, or another great example is when you brought up about TV shows, about wanting just to print out new seasons of the same kind of stuff. I think about some of my favorite bands from when around the time Wild Vanilla came out, like, like almost 20 years ago. And I remember I would be so bummed whenever my favorite band put out a new album that was like, had a different feel to it. Mm-hmm that just it wasn't they'd they obviously creatively moved on and at the time i didn't understand I'm like well, why would they change something that was so good that i love so much and they have so many fans for they changed because they're they're humans and they're creative and they have to they have to progress they have to develop they have to go on and build, do the next thing um and the 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 avenue for taking the thing that's so good and just making it last forever is to give it to a company and have them do it but then they don't have that strong vision, that that unique whatever it was that made the thing go in the first place. Um, it's totally logical. Yeah, you're actually stirring up an interesting thought. I don't know if I thought of before. Maybe I'm looking at this all wrong, man. Maybe you don't view things in the sense of it's going to last forever and always be a good thing. Maybe you just snapshot when things were great and you cling to that and celebrate that as a standalone piece of art. You know, and it doesn't... things. It's just par for the course. It's human nature. It's going to degenerate over time. And that's kind of what classic WoW is in a sense. You know, we just snapshotted the version of the game mm -hmm. that was the most inspired. That was the, and I'm, I'm so happy that it's actually officially preserved now with this, yeah. uh, you know, the, the system we have. But, um, so I imagine one of your concerns too, is that, is that depending on how they handle the burning crusade classic rollout, they might corrupt this leveling experience that, that you love so much. Like that might be gone. Yeah. I mean, the other half of the the other thing, you know, the other half of it too is that us as players, we've changed a lot too, man. So even if you had the most inspired, passionate people behind the reins at Blizzard or whatever they're trying to make, a lot of us, you know, in 2020, you know, I mean, a lot of us aren't the greatest, man. Like we we were pretty entitled, you know, we instant gratification. You know, a lot of us are selfish and self-absorbed and self-consumed and all this. You know, we got to look in inwards in some of this and. Somehow, I don't know what it's going to take, but maybe, you know, all this pandemic stuff will make some of us you know, humble out a little bit. But, you know, I just, I look back to, you know, previous generations, people were more eloquent, people were more substantial. Like when you, when you even saw politicians or anyone get up in front of a group of people, they would speak with such finesse and such grace. They, they just sounded different accent wise and everything too. And 
I don't know, man. I mean, maybe it's just one of those things where you're getting older. It's mm. this has happened with every generation. But I look at some of the modern music coming out too and stuff, right? And I just I miss I. Yeah, I, I don't envy Blizzard having to make some of these decisions, man, because you can't. It's almost like we're insatiable. We can't right. be pleased a lot of us at the same time, you know. Yeah, I think that there's a a very strong temptation to look at the change coming in with younger generations and see it as a problem. Um, but I have a very different philosophy on it, and I'll share it with you. Um, mm. and tell me what you think. I I don't think people have changed. Um, I think the things that people deal with has. Um, my youngest sibling grew up with a, with a, a cell phone in her pocket from the moment she was a teenager. Mm. I didn't get a smartphone until after I left college. That fundamentally changed my upbringing compared to hers. Mm. Um, when I first started playing online video games, it was on a dial-up modem. That was fundamentally different. Think about pre-Twitch versus post-Twitch. And this is just for video games. There are, er there are eras when if you wanted to play a game, it meant... Um, you know, old consoles or even arcades. But even if you make it even broader, look back to a time when rock and roll music was the the, uh, the evil kind of new thing coming in culturally. And you go back, you can see people lamenting the days when people would, would, would read, you know, reading, not not watching TV or listening to the radio is, is actually the elevated thing. Oh, no, no, radio is bad. You got to go back to reading. Oh, no, you got to go back to, you got to go back to town meetings. Mm -hmm. There's no end to that level of um like value val like devaluation of 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 i'm not sure what the way to put that is but it, it, it's a it's a trend it's a phenomenon that i've observed and the only thing that makes sense to me is to is to posit that people haven't changed what we deal with has i would and, say there's one factor oh sorry finish your thought no, 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 i have something to throw I'll, right I'll, now. I'll round this out just a sec um and that it's a very fine distinction to set to understand when you see something from someone or from a company or from where, and for, from a group of people, whether it's a manifestation of who those people are or something that those people are dealing with. Mm -hmm. um, that's my thought. Jump in. So I agree with a lot of what you're saying. Um, I do think more or less, you know, our humanity, our human nature has been consistent since the dawn of time. You know, I remember in college in freshman year, we read that Epic of Gilgamesh book, you know, it was like the first book ever written on Sanskrit tablets in the ancient Mesopotamian desert. And you're talking about this guy and you're still worried about women and clout and money and all this, right? Like back mm -hmm. in, you know, Tigris, Euphrates time. So got a hustle 100, 100%. But the one thing I would say, which was, uh, I think is a game changer that is different from anything else we've ever experienced ever. And it's probably like the biggest game changer for humanity in general is the internet, man. The internet, yeah. it's almost like the beginning BC, of history. AC. Yeah. I mean, because nobody lived lived long enough to have any thought worth thinking about up until the internet. Now we have this. Unless you were like the most significant prolific thinker of your time, but now. And then maybe, maybe, but you know, still, like you now we have this way to rapidly disseminate information and learn anything. But with that internet, there's going to become growing pains with it. You know, like there's going to be this um, sensory overload of information. There's going to be this anonymity and this outlet to be like really cruel to each other potentially because you have this anonymity of the internet. There's no accountability through the anonymity of the internet and all this. And, um, you know, just the idea, like a lot of people, because a lot of us, and this is kind of far removed from video game talk, but a lot of us have been living pretty, you know, pretty solid privileged, privileged, privileged lives. We haven't had massive world wars or anything like that too. So a lot of us are, um, you know, kind of disconnected to, you know, death and suffering and, yeah. and, and hardship. So like, it's easy to take stuff for granted. Yeah. Right. If it's How easy food to arrives to your table, even like, 
disconnected with our food supply chains, all this, mm-hmm. right? It's easy to take stuff for granted. Um, and with that comes a lot of implications, right? Like, you know, you kind of feel, you see this all the time. We go to Instagram right now, right? Just the people that just taking the pictures of themselves of their, their pretty faces, you know, thinking, oh man, thinking it's high quality content. I mean, there's just, there's all this stuff going on, man. But the internet, I guess my point is the internet is a big game changer. Yeah. Like the implications are vast and far reaching and affect everything. And mm-hmm. and because of that, man, I just have sympathy for people who are fucking it up. I don't think that we were evolved to use the internet. And it doesn't mean the internet shouldn't be here. It just means that it's going to take us a while to figure out what the hell to do with it. Mm-hmm. Growing pains, brother. Growing pains, for sure. And, you know, I not only not only at our level as, you know, but like I was talking to uh, the lead game designer of Planet Side 2 last month or something. It was like six weeks ago. And we had a very frank conversation saying he, he didn't think anyone really knew how to make a live service as a video game. Like there's no, there's no template. Like it's, it's not like making a platformer where there are successful platformers you can kind of riff off of. Like it's, it's a new world. Um, and in, in the world of, of creative, creative works and creative art, things end and ends can be a good thing. Like, like mm-hmm. what you're saying about TV shows, mm-hmm. but n- the ending of of live service games and MMOs is a very weird thing. Sometimes I think that from an outsider perspective, something like a WoW retail keeps going because it doesn't know how to do anything else other than keep going. Mm-hmm. That's a good point, man. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good point. There's no other option. People are interested. There's money to be made. Mm-hmm. Keep it going, you know, at all. Yeah. And if it gets far enough away from what, what's good, it will eventually go away anyway. Well, here's the other thing, too. I almost think, because I, I look at the retail streamers, people that are playing Shadowlands, a lot of them look like they're just having genuine fun. They're not really thinking about it too seriously. They're not mm-hmm. like even aware of all this rich history of World of Warcraft and the evolution of how it came from Classic WoW to where it is today. They're just they're playing the game. It's pretty fun. They logged on. They have their class. Mm-hmm. You know, so like the meta will eventually just shift, and maybe the sensibilities of people will just shift with the tides, and people will just love that new style of gameplay, and then we're just we're just all ate up boomers, and I don't really know. Mm-hmm. we're talking about anymore i don't know i'm definitely a gaming boomer self-admitted i turned 37 this month and uh man uh, i feel a little silly talking about video games sometimes but it's also my passion i can't get away from it like yeah can't dodge it no it's it's legit man I mean, what else can you be doing right like yeah, there's some great stuff you can be doing healing people being in medicine and stuff like that but you know video games are, are legit brings people together mm-hmm. that's one of the things that fascinates me most about it is like the opportunity to have discussions like these the almost some sometimes like yeah gaming is fun it's great you need it like i mean it helps me relax um helps my mind rest which i I really need because my life is so busy as i'm sure yours is and a lot of other folks um but i like treating gaming like a like a platform sometimes a platform for for community building for uh, you know like if i need help like figuring out how to deal with a plumbing issue the first people I usually ask people in my Discord, like my my buddies who I, I bounce off of every day, um, I'll go to Google. Sure, I'll go to YouTube, like everyone else does. But I feel like in a lot of ways, my my gaming buddies have like replaced the kind of the kind of friends you have as a kid, 100%, or man. or like the idea of, of like a small human tribe almost. It it feels 
here's the thing you have to ask yourself, man. Are you are you able to be more real and genuine and empathetic and understanding and a better version of yourself online in the context of Discord and video games or in real life? In real life, you have all these things. You have time crunches. You have time hacks you have to meet. Um, there's money involved. There's finite resources. And oftentimes, you're just kind of making do. Making the, you're, you're around other people in real life, and you're just kind of hanging in there. Like, yeah, I fucking can't wait to get back home, you know, or whatever. Like, it's cool hanging out with these people, but I gotta feed my dogs, you know, like, I, I, I gotta, mm-hmm. you know, get mm-hmm. my oil changed tomorrow. And at least for me, it's something, I don't know if it's a sad realization or not, but I feel like I'm able to connect in a more earnest way, mm-hmm. um, you know, through Discord and gaming in and a less distracted this, way. Like, you're, you're, in a, you're in a better wavelength you bring your best to connect. Self. Yeah, you're in a more chilled out, relaxed wavelength, you know, because. There's all these other factors that are like stopping mm-hmm. you from being yourself in real life. And some people, I mean, it might be an upbringing type of thing. Some people might be just super comfortable in their own skin. Because mm-hmm. I feel like if you're extremely comfortable in your own skin, IRL, maybe you can just be very relaxed and real. I don't think there life. are that many of those people. <laughs> yeah. People who look the most comfortable in their own skin, I think, are maybe some of the least, actually. Yeah, I mean, because they're trying super hard, right, to look like super perfect and all this. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. yeah, there might be some other underlying issues. I like- but your point though about like being able to be more real with people um i definitely have seen that too um actually i have a sometimes i worry that like it feels so good and accessible and honestly real a lot of the time um but i also think that there's the thing that makes my gaming bodies different from other people i connect with online is that we go through something together we experience like some kind of adversity together we overcome something together you know we 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 beat that we beat the that that team. Uh, uh, this actually literally happened. We beat Clan Zero Tolerance back in two thousand five. Those guys were assholes, and we kicked their asses. Screw those guys. Like yeah. we, that brought us together, um, and uh, that's different than like someone I, I exchange homework tips with, or um, just 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 someone that, that that you bump into when you're out questing or whatever. But like again, I'm comparing video games to video games. But I, I think that there's experience is intrinsic to connection with people and gaming is a valid way to make have those connections um if you appreciate if, if you approach them with 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 integrity and um with some empathy for mm-hmm. people because there are limitations to the ways you can talk to people the thing it's i true. worry about is like Am I doing it a little bit too much? Like my whole life work from home and I do this as, as my after hours thing. And I even did this before the lockdown. This is the life I kind of made for myself. Um, is it different when I'm chatting up the person who's serving me coffee? Is it different when I ask my buddy to help me move something with, with his truck? Like, is that experience different than helping power level an alt? I mean, like I said, you got to ask yourself that question. That person who's serving me coffee, I'm going to be a worse version of myself interfacing with them. I'm going to be friendly to them and be like, hey, have a nice day. Well, it's day. pre-caffeination, so yeah, it makes sense. Yeah. Oh, yeah, true. <laughs> that's all right. But sorry about my dogs. But, it's all good, I mean, man. You know, when, you're, when you're out in just regular, normal society, at least for me, too, I mean, I, I'm always thinking that people have... I've, lived in kind of rough areas for the past 10 years i'm thinking people are trying to out to get you sort of like i'm looking over my shoulder somebody's out to try yeah. to rob me or extort me or do whatever so i have my guard up when i'm out in the Word. in the world i'm always have my guard up man. i'm always looking you could around lose trying it. to have yeah yeah trying to have a head on a swivel because i know that you know there are bad people out there that will do bad things to you if given the opportunity and you have to like not even give them that opportunity and have a, your head on a swivel have high situational awareness be careful with who you trust 
all these things, like the sum total of all these factors make it so that when I interface with people, it's kind of guarded and it's not that real and authentic. And for me, like, I just like, I see, my, you know, I see myself more in the people I meet playing these games oh. than I do my local barista. I mean, they're, they're good people. They just, they might, we're just cut from different cloths a lot of the time. You know, when I interface with some dude in Elwyn Forest, you know, and we hop into a dungeon together. The guard's a little bit more down. You can be a bit more yeah. honest about who you are, where you're at. I'm in my house, you know, I'm mm -hmm. not in uh, outside and, you know, feeling like I'm exposed or whatever. I don't know. So yeah, it's, you know, there's it's all different types of, of realities. You can this world of Warcraft and the other worlds totally unique from ways you can connect. And um, yeah, it's quite a thing, dude. It, it ain't like anything else has ever come before it. Um, and to your point earlier about like how Twitch has really up leveled that discord, like what you can do with this is only getting more and more interesting. And as a as a force of of creation and connection, gaming is never going to be any smaller of a deal than it is now, man. It's just going to get bigger True. and bigger. That's the exciting thing. And you're asking, you know, is it worth it? Is it a good path that we're on? And one thing that gives me comfort, it might give you a little comfort too, is that, you know, I don't have kids right now. If I get hit by a bus tomorrow, you never know, man. It could just be GG well played at any given point. But the fact that we're doing what we're doing, it makes me feel like, we're at least getting ourselves out there and putting mm. it out there so that future generations, for whatever reason, if they found it interesting to go see what a couple of neckbeards thought about a video game this <laughs> next Y or Z time, like we would live on through our our content or whatever it's called, right? So you're leaving your mark. Your your spirit is like captured and like immortalized in some way. You know, even if nobody ever looks at it, it gives me a little bit of comfort thinking about it that way. A lot of people find comfort in having kids for that because they just think, okay, once I leave, they'll still be my kids will still be around. So that's. That's one thing that's cool. You know, we may look back on this content 20 years from now and cringe, but hey, at least it's out there and it's, we got to see ourselves stop back you. in the day. I know I'm going to cringe. Whenever I look at something I did more than a year ago, it's always like, oh God. Same, bro. Same. <laughs> you make a really interesting point that I had not thought of before, um, giving a mark. And especially with that balance, it's like compared to like having a kid, the traditional evolved way of, of leaving a mark. Um, what are we turning into, man? It's a different world mm -hmm. yeah it's a different world man for sure it's crazy times and we're living history right now with everything going on see what happens but hey man i mean with this all this you know shelter in place coronavirus pandemic us a lot of us wow players and mmo like we're, we're professional Your social time distancers. to shine yeah i mean we, we've been we've been uh it's not a, we've been social distancing for years and years so <laughs> it comes a little easier like there's some people i know who are like very extroverted every day they're out happy hour having beers going out like mm -hmm. meeting people every weekend they have some new wedding or event to go to like that's just their their baseline i can't even imagine how they feel and that's why i think mental health is going to be a big issue in, you know right mm -hmm. now and in the coming times because some people are getting all screwy having to stay inside mm -hmm. not travel do all this but hey i feel i feel pretty much fine man yeah speaking of mental health there's this this other uh streamer out there um a guy who's a harvard trained psychiatrist named dr alok kanoja dr k healthy oh, yeah, gamer yeah, gg have you heard of his stuff yeah 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 i saw uh his stuff he's talking about. it is so good i yeah. feel like i've learned so much just from watching it I, i'm where was he oh hold on that monitor is flashing at me um anyway you can still see me right yeah sorry all right um so where was dr k like 15 years ago when i fucking needed that guy <laughs> that's, yeah. what, that's what i want to know yep it's better, better yeah, late I mean, than he's... never, but I'm really happy that it feels like the world of gaming is becoming, in a lot of ways, what I always knew it could be when I was just a, you know, a young idiot playing WoW Vanilla. 
and it felt like I was maybe wasting my time, but at the same time, it felt like there was something real there. Do you get that sense too? Yeah. I mean, I feel, I'm curious your thoughts on this. You know, gaming is becoming more mainstream. More and more people are getting into it. Yeah. Um, you know, even back when I was in middle school, like there wasn't really many girls that would play games and it was like, it would be like an insane thing if a girl played a game. You know, yeah. like I, I, I have nothing against females. Obviously I'm a married man or whatever, but you know, this is the thing I, I just think about like, you know, gaming is really mainstream now. Like if you're, you know, everybody's playing games now. So a part of me misses that when it was a little bit more underground and the people who were into games were a little bit more nerdier. They weren't as, you know, like hot and sexy and beautiful and well-adjusted and well-traveled and all this type of stuff. Like I kind of just, even yeah. back in high school, middle school, like some but of my it was friends, your thing. I would, yeah, I, I gravitated more towards like the underdog type type of kids word, in word. middle school and, and high school, and even even myself. I you know I played sports and stuff, but I necessarily wouldn't want to hang out with all the um, the kids who were playing sports. I saw my friend Chris, you know, sitting at the lunch table with his Roroni Kenshin anime shirt on. He was all scraggly and you know, uh-huh. you know it looked looking kind of weird, but like I, I gravitated towards them because I like you know that type of stuff. You know, that's one of the totems that, yeah, of of like the nerd, the gamer is like you know unkempt hair and don't put a lot of exactly. effort into your appearance like that's that's kind of the uniform or at least it and was exactly. it was and even my parents you know back and they were like oh i don't know about those kids you know you're hanging out with these kids they're into like you know they're not the most typically successful kids and super you know absolute mm-hmm. chads like out there you know you know wearing the nicest clothes and dating the hottest girls and all but that that was kind of cool you know where the you know playing halo 2 back then and some of those old games that vibe with gaming i missed that a bit but now it's mm-hmm. becoming more mainstream it's probably a good thing you know more money and brands and sponsors and yeah coming getting involved but i don't know uh, what i think about that is that what you're curious about yeah i mean you it's something yeah, you were starting I, to ask a question yeah it's just sort of how do you feel about i guess it's not really anything no, it's, you miss, it's interesting. Do you miss that like, spirit of gaming back then? Like, do you miss that? Oh, that, hell yeah. That, I'm always trying know? to recapture it. I'm yeah. always trying to recapture it. That's kind of why I called my, my podcast Basement Side Chats. Like, the idea mm. of just being a nerdy kid in your, in your basement. Unfinished basement. You know, TV in the corner. Having a friend over. And, you know, loading up, load up some Mario Kart or whatever. Um, looking, up, looking up tips on, the, on, 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 on your dial-up internet for me. That's what it was for me. Um, that's, that's one thing I kind of like about Asmongold too, and like, yeah, I don't mm-hmm. really spend much time talking about him, but yeah, I don't know if you follow him or if you've seen him. I'm sure yeah, you oh, that, how but, could you not? You know, he's probably like a multimillionaire, right? You know, he makes so much money and and has all these like 40k people. He's got a nation worth of people watching him, but you know, my man still is living in the attic. It looks like you know, and he's got like chip <laughs> bags everywhere, and you know, he's driving money. Like, don't a change Asmongold. Yeah, he's Hello. driving like a beater car. You know, like you could see that guy pull up in a Giorgio Armani suit with his like you know, faux hawk and his, you know, that would, that four would... models on each arm. He's living in like some penthouse overlooking the, you know. The day Aspengold sells out, goes corporate. Shit. You don't want to see it. No one wants to see yeah. that, right? Yeah. I, I wonder if he chafes against that because he certainly has the means. The, this, yeah. The, 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 the image he presents is that he's very comfortable with that and would hate to have it any other way. Um, looking at that, that's what I, that's, seems to be the case i don't know what that is um i think the temptation when watching asman is to kind of believe the character that he presents of himself a little bit and that mm-hmm. like he really is just this you know insufferable unsavable neckbeard right? huh he lives there right like he's gotta be it can't be like an actor right like or do you think it is like he just walks up is asman the... golden act oh man i don't know i don't Could know him well enough, i i don't know like he's been in front of the internet for 
had from over 10 years and it's always been that same room yeah uh, that's what i'm saying it looks real saying. dude it convinces me I, I think that's his appeal is he's convinced everyone he walks like, downstairs and he's like got like a kombucha like juice dispenser and like yeah he's it's like in a beautiful mm-hmm. like modern space shuttle <laughs> it's looking, the one like, room in his know? house it's his it's not his room it's his set yeah, that's hilarious, man. He he walks that's out of there like into like into, into like a pressurized airlock and showers off sort of, and like yeah, right, right decontaminates him. Somebody has like hands an, him an attendant kale milkshake. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, yeah. that would be the fucking day. No, yeah. I I think it's real with him. But yeah, if, so if if he, if he tried to do something like that and people found out about it, it would torpedo his credibility. Um. Yeah. Yeah, a guy like Aspen has a huge burden of not changing. I think, kind of like what we went back to with uh, not being able to creatively move on because people love you for what you have already been. Um, I wonder if he feels that way. I don't know. Yeah, it'd be interesting to pick the brain of somebody who's at that level. You must learn a lot of interesting things when you have a small nation watching you when you press go live on your webcam. You're on your your streamlabs. You have a pretty big, big crowd yourself, though, man getting there man i it's getting it's starting to starting to get there you never know though you never know i mean i just i i'm worried though at the same time you know because in 2020 when you put yourself out there and you're streaming you know you're you're, you're putting yourself out there i mean there's horror stories and people getting doxxed and this and that and mm-hmm. i know i'll probably have to face that at some point and you can't please them all and you, you know all it takes is a few people to piss in the kool-aid for nobody to want to drink the kool-aid anymore or whatever you know like there's there's these concerns, but I, I feel like um, I, I have some strong friends, man, that, pe- that it, they've crossed that line in the sand for me where they're no longer just gaming buddies. Like they're my real life buddies now. You know, like, I trust these people. I yeah. talk with them every day. I know they're going to go to bat for me. I'm going to go to bat for them. And I find like tremendous comfort and solace knowing that I have a strong team. Like, and people know I have a strong team. And, you know, that's a feeling of connection that you, that is hard. It's sometimes it, it's hard to get in real life because like you alluded to before the way in my twisted way, the way I view real life is that you grow up elementary, middle high school with people, people branch out, they go to college. So you lose like 50% of friends there. Then you keep in touch at college. You, you know, know some people there, you meet some people at college. Yep, yep. Ultimately college resolves. People go off on their careers. Mm-hmm. They get married. Ultimately people end up with their own little different separate tribes. They move all over the country and the, you know, all the these planet. forks in the road, all these forks in the road that you end up kind of alone at some point. Like yeah. you, you, like you lose that. Uh, it's just and the never expectation the same. is that if you're successful, you end up alone, or at least alone in a family unit. For sure. Um, so, like, I, you know, I have friends that we're still friends. There's nothing wrong with our friendships, but you know, they're living in. One lives in Portugal. One lives mm-hmm. in Japan. One mm-hmm. got married to a succubus and now lives in Boston. And like, like, you know, and I, I you don't really Good talk to them as much. I used to. I'm, I'm an only child, right? So I used to be extremely close with my friends from high school. We went to boarding school together. Yeah. We played, you know, played wrath together and played all these things together. Try as you might to keep the friendships alive. If your country's apart and states apart, you just you grow apart, man. And a lot of times, people end up losing those commonalities, those common interests with those people that you met in college and high school. You actually grow apart. And yeah. you, I, I guess where I'm going with this is that I feel like. Um, I mean, there, there was a times in my life where I, was, where I was acknowledging that and going, man, that just really feels bad that that's happening. Uh, but the gaming and wow and making content and doing podcasts like this, you know, you're able to get that back again. You're able to develop those. You get like a round two this time, you know, be, develop, develop new friendships. But everybody's kind of more stable now. They have their houses. They're all set up. So mm-hmm. I don't know what the future holds, but 
Yeah, I find base- it really rewarding building a community and doing this online content creation thing. More rewarding than anything I've done in my life. Amen, brother. Couldn't put it any better. I'm right there with you. Yeah. That's where I'm at. Same here, bro. It's real. Same here. And Same here, uh, only shell army brat. I'll be I'll be chat. watching out for, you know, future mega successful cargos, you know. Um with your your kale shakes and uh, you know <laughs> I'm not sure what else what the other signs are going to be but I'll, I'll definitely watch out for that you know I I, I appreciate it man I do want to grow to be honest I do want to grow and to see how deep this rabbit hole goes I think it'd just be fun you know like I'm fine like right now you know if I could just sustain what I'm doing right now I'd be happy like I'm I'm cool chilling with my dog drinking a few beers playing WoW doing this if I could mm-hmm. maintain this forever I'd be a happy man and that'd be a great mm-hmm. life you know and I would but I would like to grow and and, and um keep building it out and to see how deep the rabbit hole goes so you know i i i really like i'm rooting for underdogs too man it makes me so happy hosting new streamers and get like investing in new streams and getting people you know their first get affiliate and getting their first hundred viewers and all, all this type of stuff um feels good man yeah feels good man yo of course you want to grow um and like you you are from my perspective, where admittedly I'm not an expert on this, like I'm not, I'm not Devin Nash, I don't know, but it seems like you're doing the right thing. Um, I, I really just gotta reemphasize how cool this game and community you've made for yourself. Um, that is like a level above just being an expert on a game that someone gives to you and playing it the best you can. Like saying, you know mm-hmm. what, I'm not just good enough to get the most out of this thing that someone put in front of me, but I'm gonna make my own thing. And that's that's huge, man. That's forging your own path. Um, I wonder, like, if you, like, I, I watched the paths of some other streamers, like maybe like an S fan or something like that. I, he did a really great. Um, I, I saw him explain it once. Where, actually, I think it was on um, a, a Healthy Gamer with Dr. K. He talked about how he realized that um, he got so big when waiting for WoW Classic to come out he realized that it wasn't actually the WoW Classic stuff that that he wanted to do creatively. It was actually the waiting stuff. The stuff that he did to, like, the, all the, the RL streams and all the other crap. And that's what made, that's what really worked for him. It made him tick creatively. Yeah. Yeah, I, I remember that time, man. The, 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 the hype waiting room is waiting yeah. for the Classic. I, I actually called it back then. I swear, I'm not lying. I said, guys... Believe it or not, we're going to be nostalgic for the wit, for the hype leading up to classic. Like, it's going to go too quickly. I, I, I very rarely I'm going to pat myself on the back, but for that one, I, I like. I mean, dude, here's one thing I really am proud of myself for. I actually really do feel like at this point, I live each day and appreciate each day. I'm not saying I do the craziest stuff or do anything that special, but one thing I would encourage my my fellow brothers and sisters watching this right now, as I and I didn't know if this was possible. You can get to a state mentally where you wake up and appreciate each day, like to the almost to the fullest, like 80% enjoyment and appreciation of that day on the planet earth. That's kind of where I'm at, you know, right now. And I guess, you know, I've been on that wavelength for a minute, maybe like a year or two. It hasn't been that long, you know, cause there, most of my life I've had this void in my mind and in my heart thinking I'm missing out. I'm missing out. I got to pump. I got to go harder. I got to, I got to, I got to go. I got to go. I got to go. Like I got to get more success, more this, more that, more this, you know, and, that void has kind of gone away from me, man. And I, I just feel more solace. Right. And I just like doing those hype streams leading up to classic. I was like kind of at peace thinking this is a, this is a great time. Just this hype yeah. leading up to it. You know, I'm going to you know, just trying to appreciate the hype while I was, while I was building. I don't know if that makes any sense. It does. But, um, it does. 
what, just appreciate each day. Appreciating each day, man. What, what, yep. what you're describing is something that I think I've seen from people who have really been able to shape their own life. Um, and not everyone, not everyone can do that, and not everyone who can do it does. I think it's kind of rare, actually. Something that I'm trying to do, too. Hell, the reason that I stopped, I stopped coming home from work every day and playing video games and started coming home from work every day and talking about video games is because I was... I wanted to make it. I wanted to make my life look the way that I saw in my head. Like I wanted to fill that void. Doing this is one of those things. Um, you know, I'm not. I'm in a much earlier spot compared to you in terms of like growth and everything. Um, I don't know where it goes. Like the idea of finding a way to duplicate my the living that I make um, from this kind of thing seems almost impossible. But no, it's possible, man. It's possible. It's it, it is possible, man. I was feeling yeah, it can go from zero to a hundred pretty quick, man. It, yeah. You just got to be a good person for long enough. And eventually something's going to, something's going to hit, man. And yeah. even just this interview right now, like I, I, one thing that I see when I look up, up the chain of command to the bigger streamers, man, mm-hmm. a lot of these people feel like closed books. A lot of them feel like they're almost not looking like they, they don't necessarily want you to succeed. You know, they have their, I, okay. I'm not going to focus less on that and go, I want to be all about collaboration and to collab with smaller streamers and smaller creators. And even if I become like a really big content creator one day or whatever, I never want to give off the vibe or be like, seem out of touch, out of reach, inaccessible, whatever, man. Like yeah. I, I, and I hope that reflects in the hardcore community. And just taste them with the open door. Yeah. The open door. And like, you could have one viewer and, you know, sometimes I'll just be a degenerate and not respond to a message because I'm just, a degenerate but it's not like i'm trying to hate on you or anything like that you know like try to host the smaller streamers and you've seen that i honestly think there's a power in doing it in collaboration mm-hmm. and you look at the hardcore community and you, when you truly want the best for other people and you put your best foot, foot foot forward for other people you host them and you try to do the best you can for them like the it's you know i don't necessarily believe in karma but it'll 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 pay for itself in, you know in, in other ways you know you have a you have a friend you have another person who's got your back and now we have this group, this hardcore group, and everybody's hosting each other. People are yeah. happy, you yeah. know, and it, it radiates. You're setting an example in a lot of ways or trying yeah. to. Yeah, that's the best thing you can do with your influence if, if that's mm-hmm. what you, if you think about it, right? You, you become an influencer. You get views. You have people watching you. What's the best thing you can do with that influence? Probably find other good people and make sure they come up too and, mm-hmm. and, 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 and try to make it so smaller people who deserve it where good people get a slice of the cake or a slice of the pie and building up that way that I, to me, that's the most rewarding thing you mm-hmm. can do with influence and views. When you host somebody who, you know, who's a good person who reminds you of one of your childhood friends yeah. and you host them and they get happy and they get people following them and then they get affiliate, they get some primes, they get some support. They, they yeah. feel, and you, know, you grow the that. community. People could come closer together. Those bonds form and those bonds are stronger than the bonds. than just, naked self-interest 100 percent. yeah that's the best way to put it if you're just letting naked self-interest drive you in all this first of all you're gonna get torn down at some point um people will detect it it's a rough fall it's a rough fall if people feel like you're totally self-serving you're not looking out for other people they're just gonna let you fall on your face when something bad happens to you Mm -hmm. they're not gonna be looking out for you right so and this is one thing i said before man all growth isn't created equal when it comes to growing i could become 
much bigger of a streamer if I just started going crazy stuff, take my shirt off, do insane things, reacting to stuff, mm -hmm. like calling people out and be like, you know, I have a problem with you. And then like posting it on a Reddit thread. You can grow like that 100%. Yeah. You can grow up to get a million people watching you or something. Some people choose that kind of route. But I do think the slower, you know, there, you know, and that type of growth though will come with trolls and people hating on you, right? And then your Twitch chat, your you community will have a would you sell if you go a little bit slower you're all about collaboration you invest in smaller streams you grow yourself up that way and people people um associate your brand with like the underdogs and wanting to be in the trenches with the underdogs because that's how i'm trying to position my brand i want people when they think of cargos i don't want anyone to think i'm some twitch cool kid hanging out with the elite twitch people wearing like twitch varsity jackets I want people to think of cargos and think I'm in the trenches with the two viewer, five viewer, 10 viewer people. And we're down here and we're, you know, we're, we're down here. Like, you know, and you kind of got, you see what I'm saying? Does that even make sense? Yes. You know, yes. That to me is very valuable to me. I'm just being quiet because I don't want to stomp on it. What you say is very important. Uh, it's a quality that um, I have recognized in the people in the business world I've most respected is not just the ability to do well for yourself, and not just the ability to even do well by a product or a team or something bigger than yourself, but the ability to, when doing so, lift others up, mm -hmm. and try try to find the people who are at a at a at a point along the path that's a little a little uh, earlier than yours, and give them a little nudge. One hundred percent. Even even just the tip of the cap can be all all that the people need sometimes. Because um, to be honest, man, I know how it feels when that doesn't happen to you. I never really got hosted myself, man. I never really got put on by other people. Sometimes I have too much pride to reach up and to try to ask for like, yo, can you host me? I'm just not that kind of person. I'm not going to be like, mm -hmm. hey, man, can you just like host me over here? So I, I, you know, it was a slow, painful grind with many fails on the, you know, many failures on my part. I never had any stream assets. I just had to, you know, learn all this, started from zero subs, all this. So when I see myself and other people who are just starting the content creation path, you know, it's, it can be so brutal. Like, you know, we make a video, nobody's watching it. You're streaming, nobody's watching it. So just trying to look out for them and it just being able to give them that first little nudge, you know, they'll always remember that, you know, and that's so rewarding that you can do that for people with, with your you know, influence or whatever. So do you think that that approach is part of why you have such a great hardcore community? I think so. I do think so, man, because, um, yeah, I, I think so, man. I, it's hard to explain exactly why, but just keeping that as my did. guiding light, Keeping that as the guiding light, collaboration, investing in small channels. Mm -hmm. I don't want to be associated as some elite Twitch cool kid. Nothing against them. They're just some people want that. They want the limelight on them, right? They want the limelight. That kind of thing lives and dies in a breath, man. It's not a good. It's not a. It's a thing that you wish for that's outside yourself. I think what you're doing, the, the slow and steady growth, what you just described, it's coming off. It's all. It's all based on what's within you. You're not. You're not, from what I can tell, trying to do things. Let me let me try to put this in a better way. Much the way that you love the aesthetic of of WoW and of Diablo, or maybe old mm -hmm. older school WoW and Diablo, and what you try to present. And, and you know, I commended you on how the way the way you present the hardcore streams, the aesthetic is in line with the content. These things they 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 go together. I think a really strong artistic and creative vision, like a video game, is at its best when all the components come together and reinforce each other that way. Mm -hmm. And it's and it, it diminishes it whenever you have components of it that kind of like that kind of like pluck away at that. Like um like say you have a really 
a really cutesy art style for a really hardcore, brutal game. It's like, okay, like, the art's okay, I guess, but it's sending you mixed messages. Mm-hmm. And there's, there's in the ways that you can take a start of something like this, being, a, being on Twitch, being an influencer, and blow up. I mean, there's so many examples of the way people have done it and paths towards quick growth, but staying within a world where everything you do points back at everything else you do mm-hmm. and it's all part of the same whole. The strength of that, I, I, from what I've observed outside myself, is that when you bring people in, they're the right people. They're your people. You're their people. Mm-hmm. And you may not have the, 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 the quantity that someone who has blown up with some kind of, with, you know, peddling drama or playing up a big show. Um, but the, the quality of the community that, that exists there is probably not as high as it is for one, for one like yours. Um, I, I really respect it. It's part of what, it, what attracted me to you and your content in the first place. I appreciate it, man. I think some of these people that are big on Twitch, they're kind of kind of lonely at the top, I would guess. Mm. They would feel lonely at the top, and I've seen it. You know, I've experienced it a little bit. I've met with some of them, and you know, the alliances they make with people up there and stuff are kind of uh, walking on eggshells. You know, it's so easy for them to turn on each other and stuff like that too. Mm-hmm. And you know, one Reddit thread comes out, and everyone's like, oh, "I don't even know that dude. I don't know that guy. I don't know that guy." It's amazing how fast you know. can be, people can be canceled. Yeah, it's it's true. So it's the type of thing that you know, associate associate yourself with people you trust, good people. Mm-hmm. Um, genuinely try to help them the best you can with no with no bad intention right you know just really want the best for people and it'll come back and help you in certain ways you know yeah. and i would like to i would like to hope that uh you know I, I can roll with the same group of people into other games and like if it's if you're talking about a new game that comes out cyberpunk comes out trying to create content for a new game like cyberpunk just totally by yourself not knowing anybody in the space as one streamer who can only stream for a certain amount of hours per day because you have to sleep and stuff mm-hmm. you know, that's that's harder to do than if you have a bunch of people that have known each other for years, have gotten each other's back. You can bounce feedback off each other. You go in, you can assess the landscape of like, yeah. where's this new game? What's missing from this game? Let's start a podcast. Let's do this. You stream here. I'll stream here. We'll host each other. Let's do this type of thing, man. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I see value in it, you know, just creating these strong ties early, you know, and even, even, you know, like even, uh, even us now, you know, new game comes out, you're covering it. I'm covering it. Sure. Shoot you a DM, shoot me a DM. We're like, we're, we're talking about it. Yeah, man. It's, it's good. Connections. Uh, well, I must have like I, I didn't know how deep this went for you, but I must have sensed it because uh, this is this is right where I'm at too. I'm I'm always I think that there's a, there is completely untapped depths to what people can get uh, get connection wise using gaming as a platform, and you know people are attracted to different games. That's fine, but we're all part of like this 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 worldwide community of gamers in in many ways, and so many of those qualities you describe are completely game agnostic um i really i really admire what you're doing it sounds like you're doing it right and i'm gonna keep watching i'm definitely gonna watch on thursday when you have john stats on i appreciate it man yeah no i mean we're it's all part of the oh it's it's all love man Uh, whatever you're trying to do if if i can help you out in your channel and grow and everything man be happy to you're clearly good people like and i appreciate that that's the best way to do it too because they're they're also Sometimes we, we're in our hardcore community a lot of times and we're mm-hmm. hosting each other and people are 99% overwhelmingly positive with each other. If you go to other quarters of the internet, other discords, other communities, you'll get some really savage, mean-spirited people who are unhappy and stuff. So you got to be careful, right, too, because 
there's that out there that exists too. So, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. it, it's, it's like you said, you reap, you reap what you sow, right? Just be careful with who you're surrounding yourself. If you, if you sense drama, if you sense people trying to, you know, create like sabotage or whatever, just shut it down early, you know, associate yourself with good people. Don't chase the growth chase too the hard connection. to the, yeah, to, to the point where you're, you would be perceived as a, you know, a shill or a leech or whatever, like, you know, just try to be transparent with the internet. Those have been some of the guiding lights for me. And so far it's been okay. I haven't been canceled yet. Fingers crossed. Yeah. Well, man, you're killing it. Um, this is, we've been at this for a couple hours, man. It seems like a really great place to put a pin in it. Sounds good, man. All right. Uh, so I'll, I'll go ahead and reintroduce myself or outro myself and you do an outro and we'll, we'll call this good. This has been awesome. Um, uh, you've really made me think about some stuff in new ways, which is what I always, beyond the connection, it's, it's what you hope for in a conversation and without hopefully not building a new tangent. Um, I I've heard it suggested that conversation should be entered into with the idea that all parties in the conversation have something they could, they could potentially learn from each other. If you Mm -hmm. do that, if you listen, that's what real conversation is. That's what I, I feel that that's what I try to do. And that's what I feel like happened here. So this has been awesome. This is a good and, connection, man. I feel yeah. like I, I sense your humanity and hopefully vice versa. Like, you know, I'm another real person out there in the world trying to do something similar to you, you know, build our communities, build yeah. our, our things. So, you know, we're on that same wavelength, man. And, you know, yeah, you got my full support too, man. If there's anything I can right. do. Right. All right. Well, let, let's outro it. Um, so I'll do, I'll go first and you can, you can tie it up. So uh, just to remind everyone, um, I'm Deeg. This is a Basement Side Chat. It's a lovely podcast, a um, bit of a new project. Uh, long-form conversation. You can see what it is for by listening to it. And um, find me on Twitch at Deeg TV. YouTube is, I think it's Deeg BS or something like that. And uh, my, my Discord link's everywhere. I'm on my Discord every day. Super easy way to get a hold of me or chat with me about any topic. Um, and yeah, that's me. Um, I do these, I try to get them done at least every couple of weeks. I'm going to try to increase the cadence as time goes on, but we'll see how it goes. Um, Cargos, man. Tell, tell, tell people where they can find you and what's coming up next. Oh, you can uh, find me at uh, Cargos Gaming on Twitch. So just twitch.tv forward slash Cargos Gaming. Um, also on YouTube, it's Cargos. That's pretty much it. I, you know, been, I, I stream classic most days. Um, and we have this hardcore stuff going on. We have a tournament on the 26th. If anybody wants to give it a shot, you know, even if you don't win, there's other prizes too. Just what's the tournament? Together. Oh, it's a tournament. It's a duo leveling tournament. So just oh. similar to what you do with your with your friend. Like everybody has one life. You all start at the same time, and the goal is within eight hours you have to get as much levels and experience as you can. I'm and if, if either one of you die, the other one has to fall on the sword and sepoku themselves, right? Because it's it's ride or die together. You know, you both make it together all the way, or you both die. That sounds really fun. So you, it's gonna be really fun. There's gonna be casters, a lot of streamers on it, you know, covering it, casting it, and there's prize pool, and it, there's always like really fun death clips and highlight clips and stuff. So even if you're not like the best player, if you just make a funny clip or, or mm-hmm. like a, a hype clip that people latch onto, you can win some money. And um, yeah, that's pretty much it. Good shit, man. Well, thanks again for taking the time. Um, and uh, yeah, we're out. Thanks everyone. This has been Basement Side thanks, Chats. Yo, thank you, Brayden, man. If you're still here, yo, that was really nice of you to say. I saw that, man. Work. Appreciate you, man.